Hello, you retro movie aficionados, and welcome to the first ever inaugural edition of the 1980s Movie Graveyard. I'm one of your hosts, Goat, and I'm here joined by my main man. What's your name? Do I know you? You don't know me, but it's Corey G. Okay, Corey G and the Goat. We're rolling out on the 1980s Movie Graveyard just to catch you up to speed a little bit, hip you up to this totally awesome new endeavor. Basically what we're going to do is we're going to be doing DVD commentaries for you. And the only rule about what kind of movies we pick is that it has to be from the 1980s. Ain't that right, cousin? Yep, and there's also one other uh, rule. Even though it's from the 80s, it ain't the VHS, it's the Blu-ray or the DVD. <laughs> That's right. My VCR has long been retired. Although VHS, we actually do have to, uh, you know, break in a little background about us. You know, how, how do the Goat and Corey G know each other for people, you know, who don't really, you know, aren't familiar quite with our podcast repertoire? Basically, we worked for a company a few years ago called SRS Liquidation Incorporated. And what we would do is we actually were the guys in charge of going into your town, to your local mom-and-pop shop, and we would actually close the thing down. Once you know people fire Chapter 11, they don't want to stand there and sell all their movies and tapes and whatever until they go out of business. So they let a couple hucksters like us come in. And basically, this is where we got the affection, you know, sitting around in these dusty, old, decaying movie you know, rental places that are about to close down. They, you know, we would go through the tapes and we would watch them as we would sell them off because it's a long and boring job. And we saw, how many did we see, Corey, over that three-year period? We saw at least 5,000 movies. 5,000, 6,000, easy. Yeah. Uh, and, to me, the best movies were made in the in the 80s. They Well, that, see, that's the thing is when you open up, or actually when you close down a video store, basically um, everybody buys all the new shit, uh, you know, first. And then you're left with all the old shit, all the 70s and the 80s and whatever. And, you know, so, you know, that's kind of what would be left at the end of the day. Sometimes, you know, we just have to, you know, close up shop, throw these movies in the garbage, do whatever, you know. But, you know, we give them a watch before we show them out. So, yeah, like, I'd say it probably trains us, like dogs, to only be accustomed to, you know, like 80s movies pretty much. Yeah, because anything made after 1990, we hate. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we're kind of like that, the we're kind of like the opposite. I mean, I mean, yeah. everybody's like, I love, all they want to do is talk about movies from the seventies and eighties. Anything after eighty nine, obviously, is just pure poop. I would actually agree with that. So I think movies were. I think the comedies were a little funnier because they were a little more politically incorrect. And I got to say, I, I being a big action movie fan, I. Uh, I, I'll take those action movies of the 80s, even the 90s, because 90s had so many great, you know, straight-to-video action films that I like. But, uh, you know, they're all better than a lot of the CG stuff out there now. I mean, I, I read the plot to Terminator Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. I, confu- I got confused halfway through reading it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to keep up. And see, that's the thing is... I really like my movies to be plain, simple, have a lot of nudity, have a lot of, have a lot of curse words in them. You know what I mean? I don't really need this cleaned up PG-13 complex plot that you, you can't make heads or tails of. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I don't... When I watch... And I'm not saying I don't like, you know, good dramas and that, but one thing I hate, I don't want to have to think real hard when I'm watching a movie because I'm trying to escape reality. And I hate those those art house movies, especially, you know, where the movie ends open-ended and everybody's like, 
when you see. That's when you got to think about what happened. It's like, I just paid to watch this. I'm not writing the ending. Let the lazy-ass filmmaker do it for me. Exactly. <laughs> so, to kick off this inaugural podcast, what movie are we going to be watching and talking about? What not? Not his first big hit, but one of his big, big starring hits. Uh, Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Smoking is not permitted in this auditorium. It's the law. Certificates are available at the box office. for helping us keep the theater clean. As you exit the auditorium, please deposit litter in trash receptacles in the lobby. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. That's right. So we got the DVDs queued up here. Just to give you a heads up, if you would like to follow, you know, at home or whatever. Right now, we got it paused on the 10-second mark. I guess they could sync up their VHS tape if they wanted to, right? I mean, I, I know, I know, I know, we're sick of VHS, but if they, if they, you know, they want to go that route, we ain't going to judge them, right? But they'll never keep up with all those wrinkles that would be in the tape after all this time, all the disintegration. Exactly. They're, they're going to keep falling behind us. Exactly. There's a lot of great things that should be preserved from the 80s. VHS technology's not one of them. Well, and, and my other thing, if, if they only, if they have to watch this on a, on a VHS tape, on a VCR, mm-hmm. odds of them having an iPod or some type of podcast listening device are probably slim to none. That's true. <laughs> so, isn't, but then again, if you mail, mail me like, probably have to mail me like 50 bucks because I'd have to buy the whole setup. I'll be sure to make a mixtape of these for you on a nice one of them Max Sale. I get one of them 120 minute jobbies. You know, you get two episodes on one. You oh, know, you listen to it in your old Walkman. Yeah, you can put it on LP. <laughs> Damn right. Six hours of podcast. So yeah, we're going to get the movie started here. You know, we have all the accoutrements here in the, ba- in the basement here. Um, we have popcorn, we have beer, we have soda, we have all kinds of shit. We, we hope you got a few party favors going there. What did you say? I thought you said you have your future moms down here in the basement. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> those two. We have on those podcast, two. podcast, dude. <laughs> we have those two. So we're going to go ahead and get the movie started. We're on the 10 second mark. What you should be seeing on the screen is the all blue cartoon Paramount logo. This says Paramount Golf Western Company. We're going to do a little one, two, three, go countdown. When I say go, hit play on your DVD players. All right, everyone, get set, ready, one, two, three, go. And the movie is rolling. And Corey is hammering away fiercely on his DVD player. And my foot fell asleep. Paramount Pictures presents. That's right. A Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer production, which, you know, this actually was not just a Jerry Bruckheimer production of Don Simpson, because it was made while he was still alive. Believe it or not, Don Simpson tried to get this movie launched originally in 1977. Believe it or not, uh, Mickey Rourke was offered the lead role originally. Yeah, there was even a time where the script was being rewritten to accommodate uh, Sylvester Stallone as well. I think well, I'm, I'm pretty sure when they got uh, Murphy to do this, they they changed a lot of it to make it more of a comedy. Yeah, this is coming, you know, 
when they when they shot this movie, you know, it came out in '84. They shot it in '83, of course. But you know, they were they were very uh, quick to try to get you know Eddie Murphy off the uh, success of uh, 48 Hours. Which it'd be nice if we could do a 48 Hours commentary one day, wouldn't it be? I couldn't find it. <laughs> you couldn't find it. Oh, he had done, well, Trading Places was before this too, wasn't it? Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say 48 Hours, Trading Places, and then this. Here, here, here we just basically see the ghetto parts, lots of people on the street corners drinking and whatnot of, of Detroit, which is where Axel uh, is from, uh, Axel Foley. I was going to say, I, I, I couldn't break the habit because I want to keep saying Axel Rose. I'm like, why am I thinking Axel Rose? Axel Foles, Axel Rotten, <laughs> Axel Foley. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this is also a, a, a perfect example of us, you know, because I like the sequel to this a lot. I, I, I am a big fan of the sequel. Me too. Part three was was just awful. I, I, I don't really even want him to go ahead and make part four. I, I don't even think I'd watch it, to be honest with you. See, uh, part three came out. I was still young enough. Like, I was a teenager, but I was still young enough that I could enjoy a bad movie just because I loved Eddie Murphy so much, I'll be honest with you. He had already gone down the toilet to me. I mean, that's a guy whose movies really, for a while, I mean, he had like eight years of bombs. Yeah, he didn't do too good. Speaking of people drinking on the street corners, I got a special drink tonight. Never tried this before, cousin. I got some Lipton Peach Sparkling Iced Tea. Never, there's Murphy there. I've never had that. I'm, I don't like sweet tea. It's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, here we go. The classic opening scene of Eddie Murphy as an undercover cop trying to buy a truck full of cigarettes. <laughs> Lucky strikes. Can, can, can you believe there was a date? And this is back when cigarettes were probably, what, 75 cents a pack? That you could, yeah, if that. Yeah, you could steal a whole truck of cigarettes. And then sell them on the street for a lot of money. That's interesting. That's a, that's a concept I don't think people of nowadays could fathom, right? Well, people nowadays ought to think about hijacking a truck of cigarettes. That's fucking Fort Knox. Exactly. Speaking of Fort Knox, this movie earned $234 million in North America alone in 1984. This was the highest grossing film of the year. Can you believe that? Well, that that's like a... Two billion to today's standard. You adjust that for inflation. That's real high up there. Exactly. With a budget of only fifteen million dollars, I mean, it was pure profit after the first weekend. Probably, I guarantee. And it, it, you know, tickets two, three dollars back then. That means, you know, to get that much money, everybody was seeing it. Everybody. Yeah, I saw it in the theater when I was a little kid. I did too. Yeah. Did you ever notice back in the day, like, is the cop car is getting ready to pull into the alley here? That every cop car in a movie was just a piece of shit yeah it was like i wonder if they if they would just paint shitty cars so they could crash them or if there was just a company out there that would just paint shitty cars so you could crash them <laughs> i think they i think they just painted shitty cars like in smoking the bandit those were just junky cars yeah i have a dog trying to come in and say hi to me hi doggy your dog's joining us for a minute all right the more the merrier i say she doesn't bark like your dog, Bird, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Bird lets more than one in at a time, too. Okay, go. Go, go. Go, go. Bye-bye. Here we have Eddie Murphy. His, his cover's being blown by some clueless cops here. 
Yeah, and cops were always bumbling idiots, too. Did you notice that in these the, 80s films? They always were. There was, like, one cool cop. I think one of them, I couldn't tell because they showed him so quick, but one of those fat, bumbling cops, he looked like one of the scientists from Night of the Common. It was interesting. I wonder if that was the same guy. Yet another fine 80s movie. Exactly. That we will be doing, even though I did a commentary in the past on another podcast, I'm ready to do another one. I love Night of the Common. I could do a commentary for that every day of the week. In fact, I'd like to do one just because I haven't watched the movie in a while. Give me an excuse to bust out the DVD. Yeah, I actually toyed with the idea of doing a podcast where every week it was just me doing a new commentary for Night of the Common. That could work. That could. Here, here we. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say this is this is the classic scene of Eddie Murphy hanging off the back of a cigarette truck. Clearly a stunt double the way this guy's being thrown around. <laughs> I mean, great soundtrack, great great score in general in this film. But did you ever notice, and especially now, they don't, not so much now because of CG, but anytime there's a big car chase in the 70s and 80s, there's no other traffic on the street. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now they just CGI in the cars weaving, or extra cars weaving when it really wasn't that busy when they filmed. But back then, yeah, you just had to get everybody out of there. Although one thing, I, one thing I gotta say, speaking of cars, I gotta say, the number three highest grossing film of all time is now Furious Seven. That's right. Much, what an accomplishment! Much much success, probably because it has cars in it. Mm-hmm. Think about that, though. A part seven is the third highest grossing film <laughs> of all time. That that shows you the difference of movies now compared to you know say nineteen eighty four. You know, there was always, with sequels, they had... Remember they used to talk about the law of uh, diminishing returns? You know, yeah, not anymore. The, not anymore. Now it's the law of increasing returns. Well, they did crash a watermelon truck here. you got to give them credit they for did. it. But, but one a thing... Bus. It's a bus. Does the bus... No, uh, it doesn't spin too, too expensive to tip a bus. But one thing, I like how they just put a bunch of uh, abandoned cars on the street and ran the shit out of them. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to know why why the guy is just randomly driving through neighborhoods. Where does he hope to escape to in a semi? Yeah, especially in a semi. Whoa. VW Bug got fucked up. Oh, I hate those things. Yeah, it's yeah. the Prius of the 80s. Exactly. <laughs> and of the 60s and the 50s so, and 40s. They still, you know, I, there's a... Um, one on my way home from work, I always drive by one at this guy's house. It's kind of weird looking. It's pink and it's got like mm. flames all over it. Wow. You you would say that car's flaming, wouldn't you? I really would. Considering I see even a guy getting into it, that makes it even worse. Exactly. Here we have the guy who finally jumps out of the truck fleeing. Uh, Eddie Murphy has collapsed into literally a mountain full of cigarette boxes in the back of this truck. Well, you notice the white guy runs away, but all the cops here, they gotta stop the brother. Exactly. What I don't get is not a single one of these cops recognizes him right away. Exactly. And that, that really brings into question, finally one of them does, but but would they know, like the street cops, would they know an undercover cop? They would have to at least see him in the police station, right? Or you would think that he'd be like, fellas, I'm going to, you know, keep an eye. Because obviously there's a couple guys. He's going to need some backup to haul him in. Right. You think he'd have better plan Paul Reiser I forgot he was in this a very young Paul Reiser with big poofy hair I miss the poofy hair not necessarily the style I'm talking about my own oh yeah <laughs> I, I, I miss the spiky hair that's what I used to anyway, have as a child Eddie Murphy's even got the 
He's always had kind of yeah, Eddie Murphy's hairstyles never really changed. No, like they would get shorter, like the hair would get a little shorter, but yeah, never changed that much. Yeah, he didn't come out in the nineties with like a big kid and play flat top or anything like that. No. I think maybe the highest, you know, his flat top got was maybe like maybe in the Distinguished Gentleman or a movie like that around that time, but he never got super high or anything. You know, the thing with him is, is I hated everybody. It was like, oh, he just got unfunny. It's like, he didn't get unfunny. He just started making horror. I mean, he's not like he's writing these movies. I'm sure he right. has a little input, but he just started making bad movie after bad movie. I mean, he was getting check after check, but it was really hurting him for a while. Well, to be fair, too, I mean, I wish, you know, Eddie Murphy's, you know, good run would have extended more into the 90s than it did. But at the same time, it's it's hard for a comedian to really go more than 10 movies and still be good, still be funny. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he got lucky. He he hit with family movies. So that was able to carry him through a big chunk of the late 90s, you know, even into the 2000s. But he just kind of hit that. But I'm sorry. If you would have presented me with the script of Vampire from Brooklyn, I probably wouldn't have even done it. And if you would have told me that Wes Craven was making it, then you know the comedy would have really been falling flat. <laughs> You know, he's another one, too. Everybody, oh, one of the greatest. Like, mm, not really. He, he had a couple good ones there. For the most part, you know, he, I never put him in high acclaim either. I would say he's one, Wes Craven's one of those guys. You could put his top three against just about anybody else's top three. But after that, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Elm Street 1. I'm thinking Scream, which isn't really that original as people no. think it is. And you know, I really can't think of another one that I really like. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it good, but a movie I like because it's fun is Shocker. Oh yeah, I did. That is a fun movie with Peter Berg. Yeah, I yeah, forgot, I forgot about that one. It makes no sense, and it's kind of weird that Wes Craven himself, like I guess because he lost the rights or didn't get profits from it, he's basically just trying to recreate a new Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we totally yeah, rambled is... through the uh, Eddie Murphy getting chewed out uh, by his boss okay. scene, which is what happens in every 80s cop movie, right? Every 80s movie, the cop yells at, at somebody, and it's just, you know, nonsensical yelling. Exactly. Now he's we... driving his piece of shit. Uh, so they've referenced that piece of shit car. It's some piece of shit Ford, isn't it? Or is it a Ford? I can't tell what it is. It's so banged up. Some blue hunk of shit. It's a Chevy Nova. Oh, yeah, I think Maybe, I don't know. The girl says it later and she's like, yeah, I remember you used to drive that blue hunk of shit, whatever. She said, what do you drive now? That same blue hunk of shit. <laughs> yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> that same hunk of shit. Yeah, this is also the movie where you get that patented, <laughs> that laugh. Yeah. Now, Murphy's good. I mean, when, when you talk about Saturday Night Live, I mean, he's, as far as breakouts from Saturday Night Live, he's clearly miles ahead of anyone. Yeah. And, like, also, too, you got to think how young, because I believe Eddie Murphy was, like, the youngest cast member until recently when they got somebody younger, but he was, like, the youngest cast member, like, 20 or something like that. So when yeah, he, he was just a kid. When he made, when we're, you know, in this movie we're watching here, he's probably only, like, 25, you know what I mean? Yeah, and this is, like we said, this is, like, his third one, so. Yeah, his third big one, yeah. There it is. <laughs> 
he, 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 I always thought this was weird. He comes home, he thinks somebody broke into his house. Great little bit of tension to set shit up there, you know, and you don't see movies throwing you on your toes, off your toes or like that, no. But he comes home, his friend's eating, like, you know, sandwiches and all the shit out of his kitchen, which is fine, you know, whatever. But, it, like, he, he was, was he so hungry he had to leave that, that fridge door open? <laughs> I mean, yeah. who does that? <laughs> well, he didn't go sit on the couch or on the TV, he just pulled up a chair next to the fridge. With the fridge door open. <laughs> well, maybe Murphy didn't have air conditioning and it's hot in Detroit. Yeah. This being all, you know, the awesome, mostly an independent film actor, although he does pop in some big things. James Russo, he always played a greasy Italian guy. Uh, I think before this, I, I swear he was wearing even the exact same shirt he's wearing now, but he had a small part in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High before this, where he came in and tried to rob the convenience store that Judge Reinhold was working in. I'm a flat, I tell you. I don't, I don't like that movie. Fast Times at Ridgemont High? No, not at all. It's it's it, and what I don't get is everybody's like it's such a funny movie. It's like it's not a comedy. It's it's a drama and it's a very depressing one at that. You got people getting abortions and losing their jobs. And <laughs> I, I I love that movie, but I've always loved it because it's a serious movie. I really think Spicoli's just there to lighten up the mood after all the abortions. Yeah, yeah I mean that's time when you could get a girl pregnant and just say you can't take her to get an abortion because you got to help your dad clean a garage exactly <laughs> i gotta clean a garage <laughs> that, that was what i remember that's what he said he yeah said, come and take me for an abortion now he's helping his dad clean the garage that that's that's code for you know i'm uh relieving myself of any responsibility of this child nor am i giving you 50 bucks to get the abortion <laughs> i know horrible but if you think about it, it is actually a better long-term investment but that's for another time this is true. I don't know if... I would do a commentary of it, though, because I'm pretty sure I own that one. Let's do it. Let's make a promise right here to the people. We actually let the fans hear what some of our upcoming episodes will be. Now tell me. Who does it? I want to do Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I can't believe you don't have that movie. I paid like $2 for that. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've never seen it in a store anywhere. And I haven't, like, you know... I haven't, like, searched for it or whatever. I think I think I watched it on like Netflix streaming, but it's not there anymore. I checked; it's not there, so I'll, I'll have to get a DVD. Kmart, <laughs> did you? Yeah, Kmart, Kmart has a lot. You know, Walmart is notorious for the five dollar bargain bin. People don't know Kmart has a two dollar shelf. Well, I got my Adventures of Ford Fairlane, going uh, with Rennie Harlan commentary, double sided DVD. I got that for like five bucks at a Kmart like ten years ago. Wow. And most people are like, I didn't know there was a collector's edition of that movie. <laughs> Like, I didn't either. I just happened to be at Kmart that day. It was a Kmart exclusive. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. And then after, it was a, after Kmart couldn't sell their copies, it was a Big Lots exclusive. <laughs> I love Ford Fairlane. I movies from Big Lots. Ford Fairlane's a great movie. It's a great movie. Unfortunately, I don't think it came out in the 80s, so we won't be covering it on this podcast. No, that was uh, 90s. Uh, I think 92, maybe? Yeah, because he, he, I mean, he was, you know, definitely a 15 minutes of fame guy, but he was, yeah, yeah it was like 91, 92 that he hit. Yeah. Here we go. Eddie and his buddy have been out drinking all night long. Here they get accosted by the bad guy from Breaking Bad. I don't watch that show. Nobody watches it now because it's off the air. But yeah, that's true. But Brian Cranston's the greatest actor in the world because he was in Godzilla. 
He did a great job too, and that's the thing is you know oh, yeah. you want to make a Godzilla movie, you don't make it about the monster. That's dumb. Oh, you that make it's just stupid. You make it about the guy who lost his wife. This looks like some I'm real. Opening. This looks like some real slapping that's going on in this movie of James Russo. What do you think? Probably. Hey, that's the guy from Wise Guy. Yeah, he was in Wise Guy as well. Good show. I like him better when he had hair. He looked more weasel dickish. He was in a Jeff Wincott movie I watched not that long ago, too. Was he? He was his partner that got killed about 15 minutes in. They should have made the movie where Jeff Wincott got killed and he had to do all the karate. That would have been great. Now, Eddie Murphy, this was a, used to see this a lot in movies. He got hit over the head with the, you know, the handle of a handgun. It, it just knocked him out cold. He's not trying to get up off the ground, nothing. All this is going on. He's in a coma. His friend's getting murdered. Oh. Pop, pop, back of the head. Yeah. No, th- th- because of that ugly Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they saved some money doing it, too, because you didn't even see a gun flash from that. <laughs> Mm-mm. You know what movie I think we should do next? Mm. Making the Great. That was, that's a great suggestion. We might have to do that. And I had Andrew Dice Clay. That's how I thought of it. There you go. And I know I have it because I ran across it yesterday looking for 48 hours. I know I have it too because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It is my favorite 80s comedy, actually. And I, when did you discover that one? Because I only discovered that maybe... 80s, actually. Really? I only, I only discovered it like two years ago. I was looking on Netflix of shit to rent, and I saw, oh, there's a Dice Clay movie I haven't seen, so I got it. Oh, Judd Nelson, yeah, I'm going to rent this. I rented it, you know, sent it back in the mail, immediately bought a copy. Yeah, I uh, I watched, it was on uh, Showtime. It wasn't HBO, it was a Showtime, so I saw it when I actually first hit cable when I was a kid. I thought it was hysterical. It, it seemed like a Showtime type of movie. The guy that played Palmer, whoever the hell that guy is, yeah, he I was forget fantastic. his name. He was great. I wish he did more movies. I think I had Googled him once, and he was actually a writer. I know. Getting back to Beverly Hills Cop, though, this this police captain guy, he's an asshole. Like, Eddie Murphy, he, first of all, he gets knocked into a coma. His friend gets shot while he's in the coma, in the hallway of his apartment building. And the police captain shows up to scream at Eddie Murphy for his friend getting killed. Now, wasn't this guy like a real police captain? Wasn't that the claim to fame with him? Yeah, he was a real police captain that they put in this. Because I, I think originally, originally the you know Beverly Hills Cop, the character was just supposed to be like from a poor part of L.A. that went to Beverly Hills. So they rewrote the script when they got Eddie Murphy to make him from Detroit. And when they went to Detroit, they found this guy as a real police guy. And if I'm not mistaken, years later he actually ran for mayor, and I think he won. Probably yelled at everybody. Yeah, it was from his popularity of his character as the yelling police chief. I remember when Sean Orlandum was going to run for something, and he made all those comments about killing dirtbag towel heads and closing the borders and all that, and I think he lost all his backing shortly thereafter. Ruined his political. Man, Eddie Murphy got to Beverly Hills fast, didn't he, from Detroit? From Detroit, yeah, it's like... Not even a montage of him driving cross country. And then that piece of shit car, too. I was say, that car wouldn't even make it. No, it wouldn't. I want, you know, I have ne- I've, I've never... Have you been to Beverly Hills? Many times, cousin. Is it this pretty accurate portrayal? Um, like, what's your... Like, Beverly Hills is the one place of L.A. that never changes. So if you go there right now, 
all these shops, the storefronts, everything will look exactly the same. I had only went there once, but that was when I was trying to get into a country club with a couple of my friends from a car that they stole. That's right. And then he turned right back around and went home. Yeah, then I went and saw Jack Mack in the heart attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Beverly Hills is kind of funny, though, because it's not, it's not really a place. Like, really all they have there is stores. So it's not really a place, like, you would go to, like, you know, they have the Beverly Center, which is, like, a big shopping mall. But even that's really, that's not really, like, this area where you're seeing. That's kind of more down the street. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to say this early, but you know how he goes to the hotel here? Mm-hmm. You know, the running gag is he keeps stealing shit from this hotel. <clears throat> I do that. Ever, ever, ever since I've seen, when I was a kid, we'd go on vacation. I would steal bathrobes and towels. I, I'd take the soap. I, t- I took a phone book once from a hotel. Right. Don't After you check out though, and they see all the shit's missing, don't they just charge that on your credit card, though? Nah, I, it depends what you take. I've never been charged, but I've never tried to abscond with, like, you know, all the pillows and shit, so. I, yeah, I remember one time, the only thing I've ever took for um, a hotel, I was in a, we were in a hotel with my mom and dad when I was a kid, and there was, like, that little piece of paper, like, a little pad, like, real small pad, like, about the size of your hand to write stuff down on in a pen. Like, mm-hmm. I took I took that because, you know, as a kid, I was drawing shit on it. I was, and, and like, there's hardly any paper, there's, like, maybe nine sheets of paper left on there because, you know, people have been using it. I took that, and then my mom complained, like, after we checked out that they charged us $4 for that. Real Man, that's a shitty hotel you went. Mm-hmm. I remember Homer Simpson took the TV and the bed and... Yeah. And Barney was outside. He was throwing it out the window because he was with Skinner when they were sequestered. And he's like, it's a TV souvenir. <laughs> my son has discovered the Simpsons, so... Thank God FXX, you know, shows like four, legitimately four or five hour blocks daily of this thing. So yeah, they created a whole network. Watch a few just to show them. I think Eddie Murphy made a lot of this stuff up, to be honest. Oh, you you. can you can tell, and it it, it is great improvisation. I have to say, he's a much better improvisational actor than a lot of the comedians working today. I think he pulls it off a lot more convincingly. And I like him because unlike Martin Lawrence, who I don't like Martin Lawrence. Nothing personal against him, but you know he—he's another one that Richard Isaiah Murphy, you know, always says Richard Pryor's his hero. He didn't try to be Richard Pryor, though. You know, right. he, he was his own guy. Whereas Martin Lawrence, he—he he tried to be Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. Yeah. So Eddie Murphy, this this fancy hotel, they're all out of rooms or whatever. You know, he tries to pose as a uh, Rolling Stone writer. You know. Uh, doing an article about Michael Jackson, they won't let him in. Finally, they 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 tell him, "I'll oh, we'll give you a suite for two hundred bucks a night." And then he has a mortified look on his face. This is great here, and, and you know the people used to dress like that. <laughs> I know. I mean, granted, I was a little boy, but I but I had a Michael Jackson thriller jacket like that. I had a glove. Yeah, the little sequin gloves. Yeah. Remember the. Uh, um, Alan Colvert was wearing that outfit in the wedding singer because Adam Sandler said, "Take that glove off. You look ridiculous." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy coming to an art museum here. Look, actually, wait. I gotta say some. Mm-hmm. Technically, Adam Sandler's probably the most successful guy from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Money wise, I bet it's Sandler's worth a lot more because he produces all that stuff. Well, not only that, but but you know when Murphy's heyday was, he was probably only getting two or three million a film. You know what I mean? 
when I think Murphy's been divorced three or four times, where Sandler, I think, is still married to the same lady. So that always helps you, too. Yeah. Oh, man, here we got Balky, Bronson Pinchot, playing a character that, that was so popular they had to bring him back years later in part three, Serge. This you know, character never liked this guy. Like the actor or this character in the movie? The actor. The character's okay. The actor himself, I, I just didn't get the... I'm like, I used to watch Perfect Strangers, but I thought Second Sight was a terrible movie with him and John Larroquette. You know, I used to try to watch it all the time on HBO as a kid. I could never get through it. It could never hold no, my I attention. I couldn't either. It's, it's fucking horrible. I, the one movie I liked him in was um, True Romance. I was about to say, do you like him? Because he was great in that. And he didn't do the Balky voice. He just, mm. I love when the girl, you know, smacked him with a big bag of fucking blow and the cop pulled him over. That's one of my favorite movies. But it, you, have, you have to admit, though, he pretty much made a, a, a long-lasting career off this small cameo role. Because I don't I do remember everybody talking about this scene in the movie, like, you know, when this movie came out. And it's like, he's really in the movie for about a total of three minutes screen time. You know what I mean? He's the Boba Fett of Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. And with the Serge accent, you, you know, you know, that's like what they're like, okay, we like that. You're, you know, doing that, that weird accent in a movie. Like we want to bring that to TV, but TV's not as progressive. So your character can't be gay anymore. So just make him bulky and just make him happy for no reason. But he's not gay. You know, that was the thinking. And, and that show ran for what? 10, 12 years? <laughs> I don't think it was that long, but it was probably at least like six oh, or please, seven. Them two, them two guys got married and the show is still going. They're living with their wives. <laughs> is that what... I, I didn't make it that far in a perfect strange. Is that what happened? They uh, they got they married and they married, couldn't stop. They were respective and then they still all... Then they all lived together or something, I think. I'd kind of gotten out of it at that point. Wow, 1986 to 93. So what was that? A good seven-year run. Yeah, that's a good... Urkel, well, then, you know, Urkel had to come back, had to hit TV and dominate. Exactly. I liked Urkel. Urkel's not bad. That that character actually was funny. A lot of people were like, oh, Urkel's so terrible or whatever. Um, Urkel, the character, wasn't bad. They just overused him, I think, is what happened. Well, he saved that show. It wasn't going to get canceled. He came on. But, yeah, he used to pop up three times in the show for, like, a span of a minute each, and then... Within a year, it was basically his show. Then he started playing multiple characters. Yeah. Uh, old Bronson Pinchot, I just glanced real quick on the IMDb to see what he's up to. Bronson Pinchot, the last feature film he was in, 2013, little movie called Kung Fu and Titties, and he played the character known as the Beaver. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I also have no idea who this girl is, and she's actually got that big 80s hair going. She's kind of cute. And she's got that plungy neckline and a nice rack too, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because Eddie Murphy doesn't try to sleep with her at all. You can tell that's when the the behind the scenes racism was still going on at the studios. They wouldn't let a black man have sex with this hot white woman. Uh, he did hit on Brigitte Nielsen in the sequel. That is true. That's a woman who got ugly. Yeah, I heard Stallone talking about that. <laughs> yeah, drugs and alcohol and cigarettes. It's not a good combination, of women. If you're trying to keep your looks up. I always liked in the, at the end of Cobra when she got behind him on the motorcycle he was on and she like dwarfed him. He looked like it was her son giving his mom a ride on a bike. Mm-hmm. One of the best, act, that is the best action movie of the 80s in my opinion. Oh, that's great. We'll be covering it on this show for sure. Here we have Eddie Murphy conning his way up into the office of Victor Maitland. 
he, he doesn't know this for sure, but you know, he, he knew his, his friend Mikey was working for this guy, so he wanted to know if he had some information, you know, about, you know, who could have, you know, had enemies with his friend or whatever. He conned his way up there pretending to be a flower delivery salesman, like, delivery guy, I guess. Like, this is really the theme of this movie, is Eddie Murphy conning his way into places. I see, he cons his way into every building. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that was the whole point of the movie, so he could improv the con, you know. And change his, do his little voices. It mm-hmm. prepped him, though, for, you know, when they could, when he could play, like, his whole family in The Nutty Professor and stuff. That is true. He, you know, this is kind of the early training of him playing 80 characters in one movie. I, I'm personally, I think the movie Norbit, where he plays creepy-ass Norbit and the big fat lady is hysterical, but he even plays an old Chinese man in that movie. Wow. Talk about acting versatility. Did you see Norbit? Just pieces of it on cable. See, I think it's real. I had the disc. I saw it in the feeder for some reason, actually. I think it's one of his better films. It cost him that Dreamgirls Oscar, but I think it's one of his better films. I'll tell you... Charlie wrote it. Yeah, I, I tell you, Eddie Murphy, that I, movie that I kind of liked from the later days is I, I kind of thought uh, Bowfinger was pretty good. Oh, that was Steve Martin. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, you know what, Eddie Murphy, what, what movie really stunk was The Golden Child. I think that was his first bomb too. Yeah, it was a little. I mean, I liked it as a kid, but it wasn't as strong as his other movies. You know, because he was on a real roll after Beverly Hills Cop. Mine, the also Golden Child was PG thirteen. Yeah, everything that, else he did was pretty hard R. Yeah, that's where you start going wrong. The, see, they have another stuntman being thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Clearly had like what do you call it? Straightened hair that Eddie Murphy does not have. <laughs> no, how the cops get there right away and pull up on the driveway there? Well, it's or Bever- the driveway pull up on the sidewalk. Well, it's Beverly Hills. They're much more high tech, and you know, no, it's their car isn't some hunk of shit. No, it's all shiny and clean and new. Even has a red and blue light. Where in Detroit, just have one red light on the top. And the, the Detroit cops are all short, fat, kind of like bald guys. And here you have like almost male model guys, tall, blonde haired, good looking guys. You know, one of the greatest lines is, is you know, uh, you're thrown out of a fucking window. What's, what's the charge for murder? Jaywalking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Murphy. I. I now let me now John Carpenter did The Golden Child right no I don't think no okay somebody I thought did of John it. Carpenter because I gotta know what do you what do you think of The Rock remaking uh, Big Trouble in China I think he set himself up for a boring PG-13 flop but that's kind of what Rock does it's gonna have to be a completely different movie because you know Kurt Russell was a bumbling idiot in that movie exactly I want to go you with I want to go with our friend's suggestion, Matt, where we're saying he, The Rock should pay, play low pan. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, Big Tr- I like Big Trouble in China. I love it. But now, see, that's my review. It's a good movie. I'm not one of the crazy fanatics for it like a lot of people. No, it's, it's, it's not great. in my top ten list at all. It's not in my top ten, but it's in my top hundred. Mm, yeah, it'd be in my top hundred. It'd be toward the bottom, though. I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Michael Ritchie was the director of The Golden Child. I think you're getting it confused with John Carpenter because James Hong was in The Golden Child, who also played Lo Pan. James Hong was in The Golden Child? Yeah, I'm seeing a picture of him on the IMDb. He played... I don't remember much, but I just remember I really hated it. 
I didn't hate it. It just was a movie I saw and kind of forgot instantly. James Hong. Then he did that. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, James Hong in the in the Golden Child. He played Doctor Hong. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a Judge Reinhold. He he made a pretty good career in the '80s there, playing second banana, or sometimes third banana. <laughs> third banana. He was second banana. Fred Savage, for God's sakes. I know. I'll tell you what, like. You know when you make when you like you're making a movie and you're like, what's the actors that we're going to get that really make people want to go to the movie theater? And when he he can come up with his like an eight year old Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you remember the short lived Clerks cartoon that Kevin that a, a, actually do. aired one episode? But I ended up buying the DVD set. I thought it was kind of funny in a way. Yeah, they made like Did six you... episodes, but only showed one or two. Yeah, I was so well, who who would have ever dreamed that that would have made any ratings? You know, it was like twelve yeah. years after the fucking cult movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was this one where they were in court, and uh, Judge Reinhold was the actual judge. It was him doing the voice, and he was having a dream where him and Eddie Murphy kept putting bananas in tailpipes, and it was even playing the dun 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 because when his wife woke him up, he started going Axel, Axel. <laughs> It was uh, Ronnie Cox, star of uh, RoboCop. That's right. And uh, what was that Robo-Cop. one? RoboCop. That's was, all I can think of. Wasn't he in Deliverance as well? It's been so long since I've seen that. That's another movie I didn't really... I thought it was kind of boring, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because uh, th- what was weird was I think he then went on and made a fake uh, Deliverance where he was like in the desert. It was like the exact same setup. It was like years later to cash in. I just remember him from Tristan from Robocop. And Total Recall as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Robocop, a remake that is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I still get, I'll be honest on the, if you were to book your face, which I know you don't book your face, Corey, but if you were, if you were to book your face and then say that you like the Robocop remake, you'd still be getting people picking fights with you two years after it came out. I be, that's why I don't book the face anymore. Yeah. I would just post and watch whatever. That was a pretty good movie. I'd wake up in the morning. I have like 96 comments. I hate this movie. I haven't even seen it. It's garbage. I know you're wrong. Yeah. They did just the fa- the booking of the face. The, uh, the Yeah, Ronnie Cox, 1972, he made Deliverance. And then 12 years later, in 1984, he made a movie called Courage. That was about marathon runners being taken captive in a desert by right-wing militia. It was very similar to the Lawrence. What else has he made? Anything else there stands out? Let me see. Let's see. His four main big ones, where it says known for non DBR, Total Recall, Road Cop, Beverly Hills Cop, Deliverance. Let's see. Hmm. Recently, not a whole lot. Looks like he was on an episode of Dexter a few years ago. Ate that show. Yeah. Let's see. He was on Desperate Housewives for an episode or two. I like that show. He was on Stargate SG-1 for a bunch of episodes, playing the vice president. Never watched that. Yeah. I like I never the movie, was... though. Yeah, the movie was good. Like, a lot of his movies from the early 2000s... Well, he's on Godzilla the series from 1998, so you know Bird will know him from that. That, that was a cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah. He had an uncredited role in Deep Blue Sea... So that was a tiny That's a role. good move. I like that with the sharks, right? Mm-hmm. 19, 1998, movie. he played Principal Larry Struble in a movie called Frog and Wombat. 
missed that one. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. He was on the Spawn TV series, which I guess he did the voice because of the cartoon. It's a good cartoon. Yeah, see, Murder 1600. Lots of TV. Lots of TV. Oh, he was in Captain America in 1990, apparently. The same year he was in Total Recall. Total Recall's a good... That's another remake that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, really, I watched really the recent... like the Total Recall remake. Ronnie Cox was also in Martians Go Home. <laughs> Don't know that one. Yeah, let's see. Robocop, Early Hills Cop 2. He's on Family Ties. Vision Quest. That, I know him from that as well. I love that movie. Um, the Beast Within. Taps. Mm-hmm. Not a whole. I mean, oh, I, I remember tabs. I mean, he worked a lot, but not a lot of stuff that you know. You know, kind of a character actor type. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? Uh, I remember his. His name was Dick Jones in, in yeah. RoboCop. I know that much. I can't remember. Wasn't who was he in Total Recall? He was like the main boss that was always sending um, Michael Ironside out to yeah, catch I can't Arnold. His name though. His name. Let's we'll see here. Richter was Michael Ironside, wasn't he? Uh, no, I think Ronnie Cox is Richter. Let me see. Zim Rowan, I see you at the party, Richter. See you at the party, Richter. Or no, I'm sorry, Total Recall, he was Velos Cohagen. He was Cohagen. Cohagen, that's yeah. I guess Michael Ironside was Richter. I always liked, the only part about Expendables 3 I liked is when Arnold went, Get to the chopper. <laughs> Come on, that was so obvious. You see that coming a mile I'm away. I'm sorry, it's pretty sad though. When, the, when one of the highlights of a movie is some guy going, get to the chopper. <laughs> Stealing shit from an old movie. You know what movie we gotta do? Commando. Oh, we gotta do that soon. I, Murphy's showing her the uh, uh, hotel that he jacked. Exactly. <laughs> He's going to steal the slippers, too. She's hot, yeah. The more you look at her. She is. She kind of looks like a classy Kathleen Kinmont. Yeah, she does. I'm not saying anything derogatory against Kathleen Kinmont. No, Kathleen Kinmont is that hot, though. Oh, I do. Kathleen Kinmont's one of my favorites. She had a nice body. She's got a butter face, though. I thought her face was okay. I I never had a problem with it. Mm. But I wasn't taken aback by her beauty. I guess that the... Uh, Kristen Wiig, Rebel Wilson post has not happened yet. Not yet. I'm going to post a little bit sooner when we're recording another episode. Well, that's past. we got to go 80s now. Yeah, that's right. We're going back to the 80s. Which, by the way, was the original title of this uh, podcast until I realized somebody else had it. Fast Custom 80s was good, too. Yeah, Fast Custom 80s. Yeah, this lady, this hot lady, was also an officer and a gentleman in Leviathan. Oh, I like Leviathan. That's the Peter Weller uh, underwater monster movie. Yep, it's pretty good. Never saw Officer and a Gentleman. I, I know what it is, of course, but yeah. I've never seen it. She was also in Bad Ronald. I know what that is, but I've never seen it. That's the kid that lives in like a... He lives in the walls in like of a, a house. Hole in the yeah. wall or something. Ooh, she was in the Amazing Spider-Man TV series from 1977. Uh, where he shot ropes and didn't talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she didn't have much of a career after Beverly Hills Cop. It's just a shame, because she was good looking. Damon Waynes. Yep. Showing up as the uh, the the gay Mater D or busboy or whatever he is. He, 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 like, he, that was kind of his shtick back then, 
playing mm-hmm. like um, uh, like gay roles. And like I remember one time when uh, Damon Wayans was on Saturday Night Live for like one season, he got fired because he was bored in a sketch and he just suddenly made the character gay just like this. Here's the most iconic scene of the movie where he sticks the bananas up the tailpipe. Yeah. A lot of people make fun of this, including you. Oh, it's hilarious. You could do it. Yeah, it works. Speaking of, speaking of Damon Wayans, they're very young Damon Wayans, but still he had no hair. No, he actually looked older in this. Yeah. Even though, you know what movie? He was real skinny, though. Yeah. What movie Damon did that that's underrated that I love is The Last Boy Scout. Oh, I love that. That's okay. a movie that everyone loves, yet it made 50 cents. I know. I remember I saw that like on Christmas Eve or something. It was awesome. I saw it in a dollar show, to be honest with you, which would yeah. probably meant I saw it two weeks after it opened. But, that's um, true, because there was an early appearance you know, from Halle Berry. Oh, yeah. Remember she played the stripper in the beginning of The Last Boy Scout? Mm-hmm. Yeah, All that's right. a, that was where Bruce Willis couldn't do anything right. Everything he made was just a... People like the movie wouldn't even come out yet. It'd be like, "This is a horrible bomb." Well, remember every was that around the time it seemed like everybody was suddenly on Keanu Reeves nuts and like they couldn't get off. <laughs> yeah, because because then Reynolds. I remember why I keep saying Burt Reynolds, Bruce Willis. Then he does Striking Distance, which is equally as good. And I love it. Even worse. I I even have the Blu-ray of Striking Distance. That's how much I like it. Oh, was that on Blu-ray? Yeah, it it has been for. I think I got it like probably like 2010. It came out. I have to get that. I have the DVD. I have the last Boy Scout on DVD. I don't have that on Blu-ray. Does that even have a Blu-ray? What last Boy Scout? Yeah. Yeah, it's on a two-pack though. I I actually just got it last month. It, it, it's on a two-pack with uh, Last Man Standing. That's a good one too. Yeah, I think it was only like eight bucks, so you can't really go wrong. Now, I'm watching the DVD here of the movie we're not talking about for the last 10 minutes, but um, do you have the Blu-ray or the DVD? I'm watching the DVD. I have a Steelbook Blu-ray somewhere that I have not opened yet, and I'm not sure where it is. So just because we were just doing a commentary, I would just throw in the DVD. Because I actually watched this from the next room over, so I can see it just fine, but from this distance, you can't even tell if it's a DVD or the Blu-ray. Well, a lot of these uh, Paramount blu-rays when they first came out when they were reissuing these older films they look like shit and they're expensive too (laughs) Mm -hmm. but what really pissed me off is i have the on dvd i have the beverly hills cop box set and when they they put the movie out on blu-ray they just put the first movie out on blu-ray and say oh we're done here i'm like no part two was just as classic as part one was part two's amazing yeah you got that hot what bob seger song Mm mm-hmm Shake down, shake, shake down. down. Everybody's coming to the party tonight. Shake down, you busted. I like how you know Beverly Hills Cop. You know the best in the world and everything here in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And the guy from Detroit's the only one that can figure out all these crimes. Yeah, everybody's like in La La Land in Beverly Hills. They they can't tell that all these criminals are running around making all this money. I guess in the eighties, just everybody was so. You know, on drugs, partying, wanting to make money. That like nobody really like cared if somebody was a criminal or not. Yeah, I remember seeing this in the theater, and I just remember, you know, like I said, I was a little kid, and I remember the word "fuck" being used every other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it held the record for a while for profanity. No, that's <laughs> that can't be right because I think Scarface to this day still. Yeah, no, there's that. no way they outdid Scarface in this. 
great movie, but that's 70s, I do believe, isn't it? No, no, it's 83, so we can do it on the show. Oh, we gotta do Scarface. I got the steel book of that, and I Me have too. the box set with the money clip. Yeah, I, that's what I got. It comes in the fake cardboard box that's supposed to look like one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like it's a big, impressive jewelry box of cardboard. I know. But it, look, it looks good from a distance, though. I got that steel book on uh, Amazon for a lightning deal around Christmas time for like six bucks. Yeah, they made way too many of them because I remember like after like the first six months it was out, then they were just blowing them out everywhere. Walmart had tons of them because that's where I got my casino mm-hmm. um, steel book, and I just happened to get it because I didn't have casino on. Because I don't go hunting for steel books or anything, I just happened yeah. to, want to want the Blu-ray because it's one of my favorite movies, and it was like six, seven bucks. Well, I've noticed a lot of steel books. You actually get cheaper than the regular version because, like, they make them, and then like nobody wants to buy the steel book because it's too expensive at first. So then they mark them down to dirt cheap. I always wanted to get the uh, Blu-ray of the. Uh, I can't think of the company that puts it out. You buy them. They did Fright Night. And they did Christine. Oh, Twilight Time. Yeah. But I never can hit that sale when it goes, and you know, by the time I check it an hour later, they're gone. Yeah, I'm looking at a pile of Fright Nights right now. You mean a pile? No, well, never mind. I never. I didn't say anything there. How many of them did you buy? <laughs> well, I got I got some autograph ones. I got some, you know, some regular ones. I got a whole horde I'm sitting on. Man, I just have my regular DVD, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, looks like shit. I have to say. How's the Blu-ray look? Awesome. Great. Yeah cocksuckers that buy multiple copies you know that fucked me out of it but yeah that's, that's why you can't get in <laughs> how's christine look really good it's it's I, I don't know if you know what i'm talking about kind of like this movie it's one of those movies where the lenses they shot it with makes the edges of the screen like look a little blurry but the mm-hmm. but the center part yeah it's real real clean real clear looks nice see so once again he's gonna con his way into something exactly he's gonna show up to this warehouse. And I know we haven't been talking about the movie a lot, but for the most part, he's just been sneaking around warehouses for the last half hour this morning. Yeah, he hasn't. Abandoned warehouses. Well, this one's not abandoned, but warehouses were always where chicanery goes on in the 80s. Exactly. There's never been a warehouse used for good. And if it's abandoned, look out. There's the smile there, the famous Eddie Murphy smile. Big smile. He always gave a different name. I know. No, he was he was very quick. I mean, this, I can't really imagine this movie with someone else. I couldn't either. Especially, I mean, as much as I love him, I can't see this with Stallone in the role. It would have been just a straight action movie with him, I think. Yeah, same for Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Mickey Rourke, I, I don't care what anybody says. He's not the greatest actor in the world. He's just, he's okay. Especially if you see all his directed video movies that he was doing for a while there. Like, Mickey Rourke ain't afraid to, like, just phone it in, you know what I mean? No. Which, obviously, Bruce Willis is a fan of Mickey Rourke, because that's all he's been doing for about ten years now. Exactly. Take it. If you're a Bruce Willis fan out there, if anybody listening, a Bruce Willis fan, give yourself a subscription to Netflix streaming, and you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll discover a whole Bruce Willis filmography from the past five years that you never know even existed. There's ones where he's playing a firefighter. There's ones where he's playing a crystal meth dealer in the South. There's ones where he's 
playing a, a mob boss in New Orleans, all kinds of movies, and he likes to do a lot of acting roles with 50 Cent, I've noticed, like... Well, obviously, he's not in the caliber of uh, Treach. <laughs> yeah, Treach. Treach is a, the best director video actor, I think. I, I'm assuming that, that Bernie Giacomazzo is probably a hard negotiator when it comes to roles. Yeah, so. you ain't going to fuck over Screech or Treach on his deal. You can fuck over Screech if you want. Yeah. He's in the pen. Yeah, he's dumb as fuck. Here we got the dumbass cop still watching his hotel, not realizing that he snuck out of the hotel. Yeah, they're just sitting there. He's long gone. Yeah. Most yeah. cops were bumblers in the 80s. Actually, yes, even were. in the 70s, all the way back to uh, Buford T. Justice. That's probably why there was a lot of serial killers back then, because they could never catch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's still making the warehouse guys go through the uh, the files and whatnot here. Yeah, hurry up. Quicker. What are you taking for? Some kind of dummy? Exactly. No, I like I like Eddie Murphy. He just he, he he's that proof in the point, you know, everybody's gotta make a bomb. You mm. know. They usually make a comeback, but he made a bomb, and he just kept bombing for a long, long time. Well, I mean, it just goes to show, too, how hard it is to make a good hit movie. Because if you, if you could make every hit movie a hit movie, like you would do it, obviously. You know what I mean? Is there any comedian that's actually always been on top? Not, not in the long run. That's what I mean. Like, you know, you, you look at somebody like a modern-day comedian like Melissa McCarthy... She's doing great, but that ain't going to last forever. I mean, she's only made like maybe six movies, and that's what, you know. Same with Eddie Murphy when he his first five or six movies all hits, but if, and eventually it's just like there's not that many great funny scripts out there, and you know, also people get tired of your shtick after a while, you know. Well, I think it's going to hurt McCarthy. I really think it's going to hurt her is the weight loss. I mean, I let's say she get, let's say she gets down to like you know 150 pounds or something, you know, an athletic build or something. I mean, it's possible, you know, but. And then it's not going to be as, the shtick won't be funny anymore. Yeah, because her shtick. Well, you got to think that her shtick is mostly being off balance and falling down, or, or having mm-hmm. trouble getting into car doors or whatever. That's even if she gets fatter and fatter, that's not going to last forever. You know what I mean? No, Chris Farley proved that. You know, it's it's funny for a little while. Yeah. Adam Sandler. I mean, he's one that he makes a. He had a big string of hits for a while too. Then he'll make a bomb, a hit, a bomb. He'll do straight to video. He'll do it. But he's always doing something. Pixels actually looks kind of amusing. Yeah, I actually want to see Pixels. By the way, I don't know if you know this because I didn't know this, but there was a Beverly Hills Cop video game. Keep in mind, the movie released in 1984. The game didn't come out until 1990. For and it was for Commodore 64. And uh, Z, I don't even heard of this game system. ZX Spectrum. Do you remember that? No, I mean, was Commodore 64 even around in the 90s? I had one of them fuckers in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Also, it says Blast Blast Entertainment released a Beverly Hills Cop game for the PlayStation 2 in 2006. I don't remember that at all, and I had a PlayStation 2. Oh, I know they proposed that they pilot even was filmed, you know, for the Beverly Hills Cop TV show as Axel yeah. Foley's son going to Beverly Hills and getting up in shenanigans, but was never picked up. It's so weird. I'm looking at the... Uh the playstation 2 box for the movie and they literally copied the exact same um uh dvd box and just made put a playstation 2 logo on it there's a, one of the iconic scenes there in the strip club mm-hmm. okay i think of the creed trailer real quick 
The who? Oh, Creed. Apollo Creed? Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I think that's a story that's been milked too much. Honestly. You know, I watched that trailer and I was like, this is horrid. Then I'm reading all these things. This could be another Oscar winner for the Rocket franchise. It's yeah, like, I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, when, when when Rocky Balboa, which was a more serious whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, movie, Rocky movie, it, st- it still wasn't like people wanted to um, give Rocky Balboa Oscar. So I don't know why they think Creed will get all these Oscars. Well, Creed, or Rocky did get the Oscar, didn't it? Well, Rocky, but not Rocky Balboa. You know what I mean? Oh, no. I, well, and Creed, who I just like, I was like, how do you know so much about this? I'm Apollo's son. Yet the whole premise is the kid never met his father. Exactly. Uh, how do you know so much about this? I'm Paulo Creed's son. You ever notice that, that kid, Michael B. Jordan? Oh, I, I don't know how anybody could act their way through entire movies with a big jawbreaker in their mouth. What is with that guy? Spit it out. Talk clearly, please, motherfucker. Isn't he in the Fantastic Four movie, too? Isn't he playing the Human Torch? Yeah, yeah. He plays Johnny I Flame don't get One. That. I'm going to flat out tell you, I don't get that. But All right, I'm looking at footage of the PS2 uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop game, and I think this is just something they slapped the name on because it's a first-person shooter, and Axel Foley's hands look white. See, now, see, it proves here that he's smarter. He knows his two guys in the middle of Beverly Hills in California in trench coats. Yeah. This is a great scene. Like, I, lo- I love how Eddie Murphy just keeps dancing in his chair. <laughs> yeah, he's all, you know. Now, you know the guy that Taggart? Forgive yeah. me, I don't know his real name. Yeah, I forget it, too. I've seen him in a... I still see him once in a while, I think. Yeah, he's so far. So he fucked up by not coming back where, um, part three, I think. They just re- no, recast it. Smart. Part three stunk. Yeah, but what what else is this guy? John Ashton. That's Taggart. Wow, he's Have only he's only sixty seven years old now. So, so you're God. He looks sixty seven in this. Yeah, you're telling me this motherfucker was like thirty seven when he filmed this. Oh yeah, my lord! Older than me, and I'm in my forties. Yeah. I don't. I'm, what do you think of this new vacation movie? Terrible. Ter- I don't even want to watch it. It's so terrible, cousin. I love vacation. Me too. Vacation too, not at all. Vacation, Christmas Vacation is is a good movie. Um, Vegas Va- Vegas Vacation. I chuckled a couple times. Yeah. But Beverly D'Angelo was fucking hot. Yeah, she was. She was even hotter than all the girls that Clark was like, uh, you know, lusting after or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the first action scenes in the film here. I mean, not much of a... That's been argued a lot, that he's like a... That Axel Foley's like an action star that spouted one-liners. It's like, this isn't an action movie. And I feel like even if they did do a new one, like they would have to go to the action because Eddie Murphy's not as funny as he used to be. No, he, he hasn't. He hasn't really changed with the time. I would just do it with Charlie Murphy. Yeah, I, I think I probably would by the way, you know Vacation's going to suck because National Lampoon's Vacation, the best one is the first one, and that's rated R. You know Vacation's... No, I take it back. Vacation is rated R, shockingly. It'll be for some poo-poo jokes, though. It won't be because it's actually dirty. Isn't the gimmick that it's Rusty taking his family on vacation? Yeah, you know what's weird? When you watch the trailer, they show the footage from the first one where it's Anthony and Michael Hall, and then you cut to... Uh, 
what's his name? Ed Helms as Rusty. That makes no sense. <laughs> Why not just get Anthony Michael Hall? He's not doing anything. Exactly. And, and you know what? Here, here's the kicker. I, I hate to break it to you, Office fans, or where the fuck he came from. He's funnier than Ed Helms. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, too, everybody, Anthony Michael Hall was so good in The Dark Knight. It's like, he was in it for, like, what, a minute? I love Andy Michael Hall, but he was horrible in The Dark Knight. Everything was horrible about The Dark Knight. Exactly. Here we go. Eddie Murphy, he, he's trying to, you know, save their ass. Talk about how great of a job they're doing. This is finally the part of the movie now where he's going to stop running from the Beverly Hills Police Department. Actually, you know, he's getting some uh, co- cooperation from Taggart and Rosewood, Ronnie Cox. Yeah, they're finally starting to kind of help and buddying up to him a little bit. Yeah. Building Which I think that was one of the good things about part two is they were all buddies then. They get more more chemistry, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. And Brigitte Nielsen was hot back then. Yeah, she was. She was, re- she was really hot in Cobra as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's where she met Stallone, wasn't it? Or was it Rocky IV? Yeah, I think, I think Rocky IV was before them. So it would have been Rocky She was IV. hot in that, too. She was the original Lana. Yeah. Isn't that isn't she really with Rusev in real life? That's that's what everybody keeps saying. I can't believe that. I really just can't. Like, she gonna let that big greasy motherfucker climb on her at night? Come on. That might be my new goal is to is to look like Rusev. Yeah, get, get, grow your hair out with some. You have to get that Seagal with keto black dye and put it in your hair. Yeah, you know there was an infomercial on for that hair paint, and my son looks at me. And he's like, "Daddy, you ought to buy that." I just looked at him. I was like, "Thanks, thanks, thanks." Huh? What do you say? Yeah, you can't have you can't have hair paint going on. Not in twenty fifteen. If, if only the hair club for men was a real club. Exactly. Yeah, key. Like when I was like a a teenager, I was convinced by the time we would be this age that they would have a cure for baldness. Didn't, didn't you? Oh, well, I had hair when I was a teenager. I didn't care. Yeah, but I mean, you would see like those fake, like whatever hair commercials, and you figure, like, well, if they have this now in 1992 or whatever, by the time I actually get old and need it, they'll have a cure. But yeah, they have a cure. It's called a transplant. Yeah. <laughs> or peanut butter. Wasn't there a kids' movie where the guy made pe- kid made peanut butter and his hair grew back? <laughs> really? I don't remember that. The peanut butter solution. I guarantee you, that's a real movie. I remember, yeah, it is. I remember that time. I I, I know Stacy. <laughs> never seen it. But... I know Stacy Keach grew his hair back in body bags by letting worms crawl into his skin. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that because it was, it was like real long. And yeah, and and then like eventually he realized that the hair was actually worms too or something. It was weird. I remember he kept going <laughs> like he thought he had something in his throat and it was one of the worms. Yeah, the hair was growing in his throat. That was body bags, wasn't that? The John yeah. Carpenter anthology. Now, Carpenter, did he do all that or was he just the host? I think he was the host from what I remember. Because then Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds, didn't he? wasn't he like being stalked by a killer at a gas station or something? He was the killer at the gas station. He was turned the killer. Yeah. And that, 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 third that story. That, that gas station was... Um, was uh, supposed to be in Haddonfield, where the Halloween movies took place. Oh. Uh, I got the Blu-ray of it. I think the first story is the gas station. I know. I, th- I know that maybe there's only three stories. Then there's the one where the, where Stacy Keach gets his hair back, 
And then the third a guy gets a hand or something or an eyeball or yeah, Mark Hamill he plays a, a baseball player who he gets stabbed in the eye in a, like a car wreck. So they give him an eyeball, but then the eyeball is from a killer. So he starts want to kill everything he sees. I remember I, I watched that on Showtime. I think I don't have the Screen Factory uh, disc, but I, I just saw don't it on buy. Showtime. I always kind of remembered it. I remember I liked it. It was never anything I wanted to drop twenty bucks on. Yeah, I, I dropped twenty. Well, I didn't drop twenty, but I probably dropped sixteen or seventeen. Great HD Blu-ray picture. Horrible sound. It actually is like distorted. The sound, like like when people talk, there's like a weird like whistling noise. Like I think if you turned it up too loud, it might blow out your speakers. It sucks. I didn't think Hugh the Weed Serpent was a, was a really good transfer either. I think they started pumping them out so fast they started to get kind of sloppy. Well, maybe not even pumping them out. It's just I think with those you got to take whatever they give you, like who you license the movie from. And yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I also have the Q uh, Blu-ray. Good movie, but I didn't think that was Blu-ray quality by any means. No. I, well, I just bought it because I never had the DVD. If I if I would have had the DVD, I probably would have hung on to it. Yeah, I have the Blu-ray of Dead Heat, which has less special features than the DVD of Dead Heat. Yeah, that's actually why I just kept the DVD of Dead Heat, to be honest Yeah, you're the, that's right. You're yeah. the Anchor Bay. Yeah. Because we talked about Dead Heat and um, Deep Rising. We did. Both great movies. Mm-hmm. I love Deep Rising. Yeah, I love them both. I think Dead Heat's the 80s. I think we could do a commentary for it that. Is. Yeah. And it's my man, Joe Piscopo. Exactly. Piscopo and Eddie Murphy were the stars of SNL during uh, Eddie Murphy's run. Yep, and they were always Stevie Wonder and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Lo- Eddie Murphy's credit, he did a good Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, again, losing the Beverly Hills cops. Some dickhead cops were trying to train him. I thought it was great that he was just doing a stakeout in front of a mansion in a shitty car. And then he, he, then he said, hey, I got some sandwiches and some drinks. And he opened up his trunk, he had a cooler with sandwiches and, ba- like, little Ziploc bags and beer he was offering. Like, could you imagine? You go doing a steakout just drinking beer. <laughs> is this a yeah, steakout? No, I'm picnicking. Mm-hmm. This is a picnic area. And here, here we have, he's following the bad guy, Victor Maitland. Because apparently this all turned out to be, you know, a scam with this art dealer, this racket. You know, he's still kind of uncovering it here. But he, he knows for sure now because Victor Maitland's been acting hinky the whole movie. This is my favorite part of the movie where he no, has... Where he pretends to be uh, gay with, uh, what do you say, herbo syphilis tan. Well, not yet. Just when he gives the, the car to the valet. He says, can you put this in a good spot? Because the car's all fucked up. He says, last time I parked here, all this shit happened. <laughs> That's right, Yeah, he's, he's, see, once again, he's going to con his way by doing a gay voice. Yeah. Being gay was, we've covered this before, homosexuality in the 80s is funny. It was, and it it was, it was just, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it to people, because everybody's so, like, politically correct now, but it was just funny. It wasn't mean. It was funny. It wasn't mean, though. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, it was just funny. Like, Bronson Pinchot played a gay character before, that was funny in this movie. Now, Eddie Murphy plays a gay character, it's funny. And it's just like Zorro the Gay Blade. Yeah, Zorro the Gay Blade. But it wasn't. I don't know. Like it wasn't. Like people are like, well, that's so wrong. But it wasn't mean spirited. It wasn't actually even gay it wasn't bashing. Like malicious. Or yeah. Anything. It was just it's silly. Funny. Yeah. Find out that I have herpes simplex. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just go tell him yourself? <laughs> yeah. 
guy looks a lot like George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> may, may, may tell him to go see his physician before things start falling off. <laughs> Yeah, see, it, well, you know, even when we did Once Bitten, you know, they're, they're yeah. making all the homo jokes. You know, the butler was gay. Yeah, he was gay. Cleavon Little also. Was it? Yeah, yeah it was Blazing Cleveland. Saddles. Yeah, Cleavon yeah. Little. The most, probably the most offensive 80s movie ever. Or was Blazing Saddles 70s? It was 70s, yeah. Great movie. I love how the bad guys just together are going to have lunch at a country club. That's pretty awesome. But no Jack Mac in a heart attack. Yeah, if, if you want a really awesome country club, you need Jack Mac in a heart attack. I like how Nighty Murphy just ain't taking no shit. Yeah. This this almost even looks a little bit like the country club from uh, Tough Turf. Might have been. I, I'm convinced they had. Well, I mean, hell, the school from Beverly Hills 90210 was used in how many movies? Yeah, it's true. Buffy, I think that was actually Buffy, yeah. not another teen movie. Was it Pretty in Pink too? It might have been. I think it might have. That been. was more of a slum school, though. Was it? Because I remember I James like Spader pulled up the person. That's all right. I didn't. I didn't like it when I was a kid. I'll say that. I like it's good for its time. Yeah. I hate John Cryer with a passion. I'd like if I ever met him, I would like beat him within an inch of his life. Mm. I, I, Just because I don't like looking at him. I was always a big John Cryer fan, but I liked his more edgy roles like Hiding Out and Dudes and weird movies like that. Yeah, Dudes was okay. I remember they killed Flea. Yeah, they did. He was like the third buddy that got killed. Wasn't it uh, Lee Ving from Fear that killed him? Pretty sure it was. Pretty sure it was in there. Lee Ving got a lot of like small action role and bits and stuff. Yeah. I'll be so honest. Flea. Yeah, I saw it a couple times, but I but I haven't seen uh, Dude since the VHS days. I saw it on cable. Yeah. Oh no, wait, we watched it when we were liquidating all the video stores, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I watched that, and then I followed up with the Wraith. Yeah, the Wraith. I don't have the Blu-ray of that. I have the DVD. I don't think there is a Blu-ray because I looked, and the only one that was that was out there was. Um, was some shitty German Japanese import thing? I think maybe I think I think it's been announced or something by Scream, but maybe it hasn't come out yet. I think is what I could have I could have sworn I had a Blu-ray. I haven't mentioned that. And then I just kept yeah. looking and looking. I only have a VA or a DVD of it. Yeah, when you mentioned that, that's when I went on the. I was going to buy it. I was on the hunt for it, but I didn't see it. I just saw them import ones, where everybody great said, movie. "Yeah, real great movie." You know who's you know who's got a, some great hair in that movie is Clint Howard. Yeah. I never knew he was Ron Howard's brother for the longest time. Well, they don't look anything alike. No, and one has hair. Yeah. Well, not Brown really. Bald at six. Brown was bald when he was on Andy Griffin. Well, Clint's, Clint's bald, too. He just was wearing wigs for a long time. That was, uh, that was a one that I could never figure out, because that was a straight-to-video movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, you never know. It might have played, like, drive-ins and shit, but it wasn't, like, getting promoted everywhere. Wasn't Charlie Sheen a big star at the time? <laughs> I think it was one of those things like he did the movie before he got famous and it was just like, you know. But all all young young actors in the eighties would do like a glut of movies before they really got big, you know what I mean? And then like they, they would just kinda come out. Yeah, that's true. Like like it don't matter if you have a star in your movie or not, if you don't have the money to promote it like day and night on T V, nobody's gonna see that shit. No. 
especially with the Facebook telling you it's garbage. Well, when you're booking that fucking face, you're going to see what them people tell you to see. You're not going to see what you want to see. Are they telling you to see Terminator Genesis, or are they telling you not to? Well, it's it's funny you mention that because it's the the opinion is very split. You got some people claiming they walked out of it blown away; they could not believe it's the true successor to T two, and then you got others saying it's the worst thing ever made. Just reading the fact that some of the shit that happens in it is so ridiculous, like. Arnold builds a time machine. I'm going to say it's going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, I, I had actually went on to Wikipedia there and read yeah. it, and I was like yeah. getting confused, and it was just like, sounding dumb. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll get the Blu-ray. I, I won't go see it in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I'll see it just because I'm, you know, I have a subscription to the movie theater here, so it, it won't cost me money to see it. It'll just cost me time, probably. I'm gonna go see Minions next week. Oh, me too. I can't wait, cousin. I, I'm a, you know, I. I, even if I didn't have a kid, I'd probably go see it. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have seen Despicable Me if I didn't have a kid, but I love Minions are funny. Yeah, I like Minions. I like both Despicable Me movies. I'm kind of worried, though, is are we going to get Minion overkill here? I don't think so, just because, like, they pace their movies out. Like, they don't, they don't release them every year the way, like, Ice Age does, you know what I mean? Ice Age Four was crap. I, you know, I'll be honest. Like I, I don't know. I, I I didn't wasn't blown away by any of the Ice Ages. No, I think they're. I thought one, two, and three were good to watch with my kid. I, I didn't know there was another Hotel Transylvania until I saw the commercial today. I really was a big fan of the first Hotel Transylvania. Really, I haven't seen it yet. It's a. You'd like it. You like Universal Monsters? It's hysterical. Is this a commentary for Beverly Hills Cop? I don't know. Well, nothing's really going on. You know, watching yeah. this movie now, I'm realizing that there's a lot of lull in it. Yeah, there is, especially for a comedy movie. But it, but I don't know. There's something about it. It's fun to watch still. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying anything bad, but... The acting's not... actually good in this movie. <laughs> Look at Eddie Murphy in person. Two guys to do commentary for it. A couple wrestling announcers. Do... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that idea would fly or not. I don't think that would fly. I, I, I like I like Eddie Murphy right there though impersonating that old white man. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Ronnie Cox does a good job in this movie. He does. Every I mean honestly everybody does a good job. Yeah, it's a very well casted film. I mean you got Bronson Pinchot playing a funny gay guy. You got um, Eddie Murphy doing funny gay impersonations. You got Damon Wayne's, Dame Wayne's, Wayne's playing gay a gay guy. guy. Yeah, it's funny. You got strip club scene. That's that's why I love is like you know, I was a kid in the '80s, so obviously I wasn't going to strip clubs. I didn't know really what strip clubs were like. But just from watching the movies, you would have thought like every you would have thought people went to the strip strip club like three or four times a week. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you have loved to have been an adult in the '80s? I would. I always say that I wish. I, I wish I was born like ten to fifteen years earlier. I, and I wouldn't yeah. even mind that I would be older now. I really wouldn't. Nope. No, I would have had a lot of fun. You've been doing blow in the bathroom every night. Yeah. I could have had a DeLorean. Exactly. By the time we were old enough to A, drive, or B, have enough money saved to buy a car, you couldn't even buy a DeLorean anymore. Nope, that guy went to the clink there for tax evasion and took the blueprints with him. It sucks he was making illegal deals to try to keep the DeLorean car business you know, going. That's what sucks. Those things were made out of steel, too. I mean, those things yeah. were tanks. Very nice. I saw one. I, I tried to snap a picture of it, but it was too dark. It didn't come out. But I saw a DeLorean at my local movie theater about a month ago. Really? Yeah. 
So there's if if I had one, I would probably mod it up to where I had like a flex capacitor and shit yeah. in it. At least just some cool neon lights underneath it or something. You know what I mean? I would do something. Because it looks, even now, it looks so space. Even after you've seen the shit out of it in Back to the Future, it still looks so space age. Well, Back to the Future, that's the DeLorean's claim to fame. Yeah. Like, like Back to the Future is a great movie. It really is. We should do a commentary for it on this show sometime. I liked one and two. I didn't like three at all. Three's very boring. Three, three's one of the worst movies ever made, in my opinion. Yeah, one and two are fun. I thought I always thought there was like two is too confusing. It's like oh, well, I love you it. have an IQ of three. It's, it's no, actually. it's it's so so. You see, Biff goes back with the almanac. It's how hard is it? One of the greatest stories ever. I mean, that's that's genius. Yeah. Here you have Maitland uh, pressuring Jenny here, toying with her. He's figured out that she's helping Axel in his investigation. They walk he had in. A molar is sit on his forehead. It's a mole, and I always, even as a kid, I always thought because he gets like, I mean, spoiler, who cares? He gets shot in that mole, and, like in that end of the movie. I, was, I always thought that was strange and like ironic. Should have squirted out. Looks like a giant hematoma on his head. Yeah, it's it's actually even more noticeable than Van Damme's knot. I think. I'm trying to figure out the origin of the Van Damme knot because it wasn't in all the movies. I read some old article I found online recently. And he said what it was. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. And he said he didn't want to get rid of it because it would leave a scar. Something like that. I don't know. It almost looks like a calcium deposit. Yeah, I think that's probably really what it was. But I think it one was of like them bodybuilding women it is beat him up when he was, you know, <laughs> whacked out on blow. That's probably what happened. He dated them fucking she males. <laughs> He did, man. I know, I've seen him. girls and made China look small. Well, even his, his longtime wife that he's with now that he always remarries, like, she looks like a small, normal woman now, but she was even a bodybuilder there one time. Do you ever watch his reality show? Yeah, I, I didn't like it, though, because he's, he's always crying in it. I was saying, he was always crying about dogs. Yeah, dogs. I don't, I think that was all, because everybody's like, oh, it's, you finally learned he's manic depressed, and it's like, no, that's side effect, all the blow he did. I think by his own yeah. accord, he was doing five grams of blow a day, plus steroids. Although, yeah, the article I read said he was spending 10 grand a week on blow, and you know, because he's Van Damme, people were giving him friend prices, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If, if, people probably doing it with him for free. Yeah. Didn't help when Chuck Zito beat his ass. Well, Chuck Zito just, like, popped him on the top of the head, didn't he? Yeah, he just punched him once or twice, and they made him rolled up in a ball. Man, that, that, it's just like a loose, almost like a sweatshirt-looking dress, but that woman looks good in it, man. She, she, did we look her up what she's been in? Yeah, I did. She hasn't, like, she literally was never in a, a recognizable movie. She was only in about ten more movies after this, and nothing recognizable. You know who she kind of looks like? Hmm. Wait for it, look in her face again. A young Dixie Carter. <laughs> I can Here's see that. Look. Yeah, a little bit there. A little Dixie bit. Carter's hot. I don't care if she's like 50-something. She's hot. Well, you know, I, I never really saw Dixie Carter until she was almost 50, which made me wonder, you know, was she super hot when she was young, you know? Are there pictures? There's got to be pictures of her. I think she was like a beauty pageant girl and shit. You know what she Oh, she's just fucking hot. She don't look like a fifty. She kind of does if you get a zoom in on her. Her body's great. Yeah, for an older woman with kids and all that. I think she's back as a good guy now. Yeah. 
I was a little disappointed when Double J came back. That kind of soured me on the company. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Joe. Oh, you're not you're not excited about the GF uh, GWF. Uh. Look, if I told you I'm planning on opening a wrestling company two years later, I wouldn't say I'm in the planning stages. <laughs> exactly. And this guy's been opening this company for years. Yeah, this lady was never in a recognizable movie after Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, except for Leviathan. I forgot. That's the only one oh, yeah, that you've right. heard of. Yeah. Peter Weller. I think it's funny that, like, some of the most iconic sci fi movies have Peter Weller in them, and by his own accord, he admits he hates science fiction. Exactly. Peter Weller, though, I never thought was the greatest. I thought he was good in Robocop. Oh, I loved him. I, I loved his weird voice. Because he always he sounded like he had it. the Robocop voice. I remember when he got his ass whooped by a 16-year-old punk in Firstborn. <laughs> well, that's because he was doing so much blow, though. Chris Carlett done whooped his ass. Chris Carlett was a badass, though. You I mean, you just look at him and, and, you know. You know, I cannot find any young pictures of Dixie Carter at all. <laughs> Weird, huh? They're all from, like, the last two years. Yeah, I guess she wasn't anybody. Yeah. This is where you learn that uh, you can put coffee in crates to keep the dogs from not smelling the drugs. Yeah, I wonder, is that real? Will that really disguise the the, the, the smell of uh, drugs from a drug-sniffing dog? It may have. I'm assuming they've trained the dogs better since. Or, or just start training the dogs to bark when they smell coffee, too. That's true. Yeah. Just like, oh, there's coffee in here, let's check it. Goddamn fireworks. Well, uh, for those of you wondering, we were recording a couple of days before 4th of July, so if you hear any it's noises... popping off early. Popping off and behind me here, yeah. We had to go buy some today my kid likes. My, I hate buying fireworks. Says I might as well just, I just tell my wife, like, just give me that $100. Let me just burn it. <laughs> are, the, are the fireworks still legal where you live, cousin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, between now, though, and... Between now and well, today and tomorrow, you can shoot them till ten o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and then you can shoot them till midnight. Um, they, they made that rule this year, and, and I actually see people driving around that it, apparently it triggers post-traumatic stress syndrome in Vietnam vets. Really, I thought you were apparently just... apparently that they're fine with it until you shoot them off after ten, then they go insane. Yeah, it's okay to fire them before ten; they won't bother them then. Yeah, they wanted the the flashback. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. That is really strange. What's strange is I can't. Is why that guy wouldn't have that mole removed. Yeah, especially if you're in the acting career in front of the, you know, in front of the you know camera and all that. I'm staring at it. It's got me hypnotized. By the way, to give back off topic, um, <laughs> how come Jeff Jarrett can't go anywhere without Karen Jarrett? What's up with that? Does he have to get her on camera that much? She's not that pretty. No, I mean, I, I'm sure she looked much better in her younger days, but like she, she was Kurt Angle's wife. Yeah, when she was when she was Karen Angle, she was probably hot. This Karen man Jarrett. will steal your women fans. <laughs> well, I, you know, my my other thing, dude. Enough with the guitar. <laughs> Calling everybody slap nuts. Damn, that look, that woman looks good in that dress. That's crazy. She does. She is really, really cute. Yeah. You they think Judge she... Reinhold figuring things out now? 
Yeah, you, yeah. Judge Reinhold's finally waking up, realizing Axel's just not crazy. And you know, I think too, he probably realized, oh my God, they're taking her away in the gut with the gun. <laughs> I better sit here for a few more minutes. Something might be up. Exactly. And you know, this is an '80s like cop movie, whatever, because they always get the drop on the hero in a warehouse and put a gun to his head, and always in a warehouse. And they always well in any movie they have to tell him their plot. You know, like we haven't even really been doing a commentary for this because there's not that much you can talk about warehouses. I think they should call this movie Beverly Hills Warehouse. What do you think? This is the fourth one he's been at. Yeah, it's paced perfectly. Every ten minutes we send him to a warehouse. <laughs> he sneaks into a fancy place, pretending to be somebody he's not, and then he sneaks into a warehouse. Then in one scene in the middle of the movie, you know, to you know get the pacing going, he sneaks into the warehouse and pretends he's someone he's not. <laughs> now that was really crossing genres there. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't go to like a dock too. You know, the waterfront was always a yeah, yeah, always with, with the water reflection, the lights, and you would see like especially at nighttime, the the light would flash up on their face from the water reflection. Judge Reinhold got to be the dumbest cop in the world tonight. What's going on? Everybody's left except my partner. Yeah, does he not realize that Eddie's still in trouble in the warehouse? He's so perplexed. He doesn't. He wants to get out of the car and get him back in the car. He probably got better call. What would Fred Savage do? <laughs> he, he's in, he's under so much stress right now. He actually wants to trade bodies with an eight year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's been traumatized since that Christmas at the Gremlins. <laughs> exactly. Did the Gremlins, you know, we started watching, I finally started showing it to my kid, and yeah. the water dumped on Gizmo. I thought he was going to cry. He got so sad, so we turned it off. But, really? Uh, yeah, did Judge Reinhold get killed in that? I can't remember. Well, here's the thing. In the movie, they, like, they like he just, like, he, they don't show him dying or anything. He just disappears, like, out of the okay. movie or whatever. But what happened is, if look on the deleted scenes of the disc, they'll show it. There's actually a part where they also, you know, like after the bar gets overrun and they're hiding, they actually go to the bank and they uh, they find Judge Reinhold uh, saved himself by locking himself in the bank when the gremlins took over the bank, so. Yeah, I remember they killed the old lady. They did yeah. something to her, her uh, stair wheelchair thing. Made her fly out the window. Diga, 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 diga. Yeah, we, I, my wife at first was like, I hope he doesn't get scared of the green gremlins. But he's seen enough pictures of them, yeah. you know, where they didn't bother him. But, yeah, he was, like, traumatized when the water fell on Gizmo. He got sad. Now, now let, let me ask you this, because I want to know, like, the test. And, and your son's a great example of this, because he's only, he's only a six-year-old boy. But everybody says now everything, everything in movies has to be CGI. Now, your son's a young boy. Not CGI and Gremlins, obviously. Do the the puppets, does he buy into them, or is he just sitting there saying, this looks fake, this looks fake? Oh, no, he loves puppets. What kid don't like? That's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Sesame Street, Muppets, yeah. they're puppets. See, the, the, that, especially when like so many movies now are PG-13 aimed at kids, I don't think we need all this CGI every single time. I think we could use some puppets, you know? Now, and why does every cartoon have to look like a Pixar cartoon? And why does everybody have to have, like, an unproportioned body and have a blocky head? I'm sick of that. <laughs> yeah, my cousin will be, or my cousin, my uh, my son will be the first person to tell you that the Lego movie is boring. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Maybe there is hope for the young generation. Because people Maybe. our age, cousin, <laughs> they're, they're nominating Lego for Oscars. 
Oh, you know, I for the first like fifteen minutes, I was like, "This is pretty good." Then all once was like, "Man, this thing stinks." <laughs> it really stinks. The novelty wore off of that fast. Yeah. Even my wife, you know, and she likes that stuff too. Because my son was like, "Mommy, did you like that?" She just looked upon me and she's like, "No, that movie stinks." <laughs> it's funny. I w- I actually saw it. it was a cheap theater, but I actually saw it, and there was um. All the kids were bored in it, but but there is actually a kid who eventually convinced his mom to take him home, and they left, like maybe three-fourths of the movie. My son does a day camp in the summer, and they go somewhere every, I think I mentioned this last year, they go somewhere every day, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, one day they're going to go swimming, one day, they, the other day they went to Godfather's Pizza, and they got to, all the kids got to go in the kitchen and make their own pizzas and everything, wow. but uh, they went to the movies today, they went and saw Home. Oh. He, he said I didn't go. He didn't want to go see that originally with me, but he said he really liked it. Really, I'm sure. I'm sure seeing it with a bunch of kids all laughing probably made it more fun for him. You know, he didn't go. He said he didn't go to the bathroom. So see, that's how he rates movies. If he goes to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. more than once, it stinks. It means he's bored. Yeah. If he doesn't get up to go to the bathroom, then that means it's holding his attention. It usually will go once, just like any normal person that's drank pop. But yeah, I always have to go. You know, like, if he goes, like, Spongebob, Ninja Turtles, you know, that's once. Monsters University, we had, like, eight, nine bathroom breaks. I think a couple of them were mine. That was so awful. Oh, Monsters University, that was one of the few ones I've seen in theater horror. Here we have all the, yeah, all the cops descending on the compound of Victor Maitland here. They long figured out that he's the one responsible for the murder of Eddie Murphy's buddy, and he's also into all this, you know, smuggling and drugs and all this bullshit. See, that's what I like about 80s movies. You could just say, this guy's in the drug business, and then that's an excuse to fight all movie long. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's pretty much every 80s bad guy was involved with drugs. Yeah. Which is weird, because everybody loved drugs in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't really get that. Yeah, drugs or... Yeah, you didn't see a lot of... Well, nowadays, most of them are just running guns. Yeah. Even that movie, I didn't go see it. The dog movie that came out that... American Sniper Dog or Max or whatever. Oh, yeah, I can't goes, wait to see that. He goes after gun runners. There you go. Tag, Rhino. Yeah, Tiger. Tag, Tiger and Rosewood, they're having trouble getting into this mansion. <laughs> yeah, Murphy just casually walking up the steps. Yeah. I, Which like, I don't get. They saw him on the monitor like five yeah. minutes ago. Why didn't any of the guys go out there and clip him? Sneaking around. I don't know why, but this always reminded me of the end of Commando, how Arnold goes through the mansion, you know? Yeah, I don't get that similarity. Because it's just a bunch of guys running through a mansion with machine guns in both movies. Well, Arnold had a rocket launcher, too. Mm, not not the part where he went to the mansion, though. Didn't he? No, he had the big machine gun, and then he had the shotgun. The, the, then he had the pipe, because he had to go... Let off some steam. Yeah. The rocket launcher, I remember Ray Don Chong shot off. Shot uh, it backwards. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he did get to use it when he first, like, assaulted the compound. But there was, like, some barracks he attacked, and then second he attacked the, the, the mansion. I always remember when he went, do you remember when I said I would kill you last? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I that's lied. right, Matrix. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> It's great. Or he killed the or he killed the black guy in the play. He was like, "Do not disturb my friend. He is dead tired." <laughs> you gotta admit though, this is a guy who would spout these 
probably the first guy to spout those corny one-liners in movies and then somehow went on to make comedy films. Yeah. And you know what? The corny one-liners, I think Schwarzenegger was the only one who really did it. Like, Stallone started trying to steal that, and it, it didn't work for Stallone. Van Damme never tried. Van Damme no, no. I don't think ever tried. Van Damme had that one part in Lionheart where the guy the guy catches him on the top of the ship, and he said, and the guy's like, like, oh, Frenchie, get down below. You're stoking my boilers and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, you're never getting on this boat. And he goes, so what's it going to be? And Van Damme looks around and he says, it's going to be simple. And then he punches the guy and jumps off the boat. <laughs> that was Van Damme's attempt at the one-liner. Well, and Arnold even had really dumb ones. Like, remember yeah. The Running Man? The yeah. movie we need to cover. When he sawed the guy's in half, you know, from his balls. And he was like, that was sub-zero. Now, plain zero. <laughs> that makes no sense. It doesn't. <laughs> Get over here, Christmas tree. I mean, everybody says the best one-liner is I'll be back. But that's not even a one-liner. Because he said it before he did anything. And they didn't even mean it. The, 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 I think the best one was when he impaled that guy in Predator with the big knife. And he says, stick around. Well, if, if you remember when he was promoting Terminator 2, which all the promotion is, is on that metal um, covered, it wasn't a steel book, it's like a metal slip covered DVD. Yeah, I had that uh, one. Terminator 2 when he was on the Arsenio Hall show, and he was he was just like, people would keep coming up to me, go, say it, say it, I'll be back. And I looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he, like, and then, then they kept trying to, for a while, they kept trying to recycle it. It, like to have him say, "I'll be back," and like he actually says, "I'll be back in Commando." He like, says it in Running Man too. Yeah, and I'm just like, it doesn't work when it's the same line in different movies, you know. It worked in the what do you call it? The one movie, um, Last Action Hero. Went, "I'll be back." See, so you didn't know I was going to say that, and the kid went, "You always we say, say that." that. <laughs> yeah, that's a very underrated film. You know, it, it's PG-13, it's a little more kid-friendly, but it's actually much smarter than most of the movies even released today. Oh, it's a spoof, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, in the beginning when it blows up, and there's like, they killed his fifth cousin twice removed. Yeah. <laughs> there's the classic line where Judge Reinhold held it. Police, y'all under arrest. Yeah, and they just shoot at him anyway. See, Eddie Murphy should have thrown the pipe and said, let off some steam. Exactly. Eddie Murphy didn't really even eat Taggart and Roosevelt's help because he just snuck into the mansion. He didn't even have to pretend to be anyone. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have to like put on a gay voice or anything to get in there. Well, thus proving he's the only decent cop. Yeah. And you have the guy from Breaking Bad shooting up the place with a shotgun. That's a nice mansion just to be shooting up with a shotgun. He doesn't even look like a badass, though. The Breaking mm. Bad dude. Ray, no. Is it Ray Shark? No. What is his no, name? I, I knew it and I forgot. That's I remember I he, was the, he was the guy's handler. on. He was Ken Wall's handler on Wise Guy. Yeah. Great show. Let's see. Ken Wall, though, not a great actor. Yeah, Ken, Ken, well, he, he had some good movies, though. Not really. The Wanderers. The, yeah, I'm thinking of The Wanderers. What else you thinking of? Taking a Beverly Hills? I'll have that's to look at really Jonathan Banks. That's his fucking guy's name. Jonathan Banks, okay. His yeah. name was uh, Frank, I think, on Wise Guy. I know. Jonathan Banks, older than Taggart. <laughs> by a year. Really? Yeah, by a year. Taggart, he looks like shit. 
Yeah, he, he was like 37 in this movie. Can't get over it. He looks like he's getting. He looks like he's two days to retirement. Yeah, he does. He looks. All right, I'm looking up Ken Wall's movies now. The Wanderers. That was good. Let's see. Wise guy. See, I don't think he did too many movies. Did wow, he? he only has 16 acting credits. That's crazy. Yeah, he's The Wonders, a movie in 1980 called Running Scared. By the way, how many freaking movies are they going to call Running Scared? How many? I, the only Running Scared I kind of liked was the Paul Walker one. Oh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I like that movie, but I like the uh, the one with Gregory Hines. Yeah, I didn't, with him and Crystal, I didn't really like that one that much. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. Kim Wall, Kim Wall never did anything good aside from The Wonders and Wise Guy. I always hated the debate. I've said it before. The Wanderers versus the Warriors. It's like they're, there's, what? there's no... It's a, you can't compare them. The Wonders is just like a nostalgic 60s. Like they're, it's a drama. Yeah, they're a quote-unquote gang, but they're not a gang the way the Warriors are. You know what I mean? No, the Warriors is just... Fuck, that's a drive-in, corny movie. Good movie, but it's just a corny movie. Yeah. Well, they're both kind of corny in their own way, but yeah, that... You can't take them seriously. Why, when the cops pull up to surround you, would you think your best bet would be to run away into the driveway where the cops are? Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. No. There was a lot of, like, lackeys uh, that Maitland had just, like, hanging out in his house. Like, if you were a rich guy with this mansion, why would you want all these greasy dorks hanging around? You know what I mean? That's his entourage. Yeah. That was drama and turtle in the band, obviously. Did you see the entourage movie? Yeah. What'd you think? Um, it was a good episode of a TV show. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember everybody saying, well, it's like three episodes of the show. That's really all. It, like, it was very, it wasn't, a, listen, it's not a bad movie. I wouldn't say it was, but it was very flat. You know what I mean? It was very uninspired. It was. It gave you closure, though, didn't it? I think so. I think it left things on a good note. I mean, it was fun. I like Entourage. I rewatched the whole series about a year ago. Uh, you know, I, I've only seen a couple of them. I always mean to go and watch them all. I just never have. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that's a little overkill right there. All there right. He goes down the steps. All right. Th- th- this is Stallone's quote about his version of the script for Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, it looked like the opening scene from Seven Private Ryan on the beaches of Normandy. Believe it or not, the finale with me in a stolen Lamborghini playing chicken with an oncoming freight train being driven by an ultra-slimy bad guy. <laughs> but Paramount said the movie is too expensive. <laughs> you know, I, 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 once again, I've read the book Fair Game. I, I don't. There's not a single thing in Cobra that is the same. <laughs> no. Stallone gets real loose with his adaptations and works. I don't think he ever read the book. I just think he looked because it's a thicker book. I just went in with this yeah. is too long and complicated. Yeah. This we haven't talked a whole lot of, uh, about the uh, soundtrack, but you know, obviously you have the Axel Foley theme, which you see. I still see. I still hear the Axel Foley theme popping up in movies, like as a joke, oh, especially TV, in car- cartoon, TV yeah, TV cartoon movies. Cartoon yeah. movies. But also, I mean, there is there is a lot of uh, 
you know songs. But the two real big hits was you know Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters. Mm-hmm. And the heat is on by Glenn Fry. That heat is on song was so, used so much in commercials and shit afterwards. Every car commercial I think played it for like five years. Yeah, we we miss Maitland getting shot in his uh, mole there. No, I, I commented. I said yeah. they overkilled him and he went down the stairs. Yeah, he kind of like rolled. Clearly a stuntman, wasn't it? Ooh, I couldn't tell. I'm fixated on the mole. Yeah. Blinded me. Reminded me of when Brian Brown had the FX. Very underrated film when he had. It was. You know, when they were. Part two was even good. Yeah, I remember I went to the theater with my friends because there was like really nothing else out, and we saw part two, and I hadn't seen part one yet, and I had no clue what was going on. I can tell you I saw Highlander 2 before Highlander. Wow. Well, I, I didn't have HBO, I had Showtime, and Highlander was on HBO, so I had never. I didn't know what the fuck Highlander was and everybody when it came out because it was so far apart. Oh, this is so good. The first one's so badass. We went and saw the second one. I was like, man, this movie sucks. What the hell is so good? But then years later, I finally got the urge to watch the first one. Really did like it. Yeah, first one's really good. That needed to stop, right? That's one movie that didn't. Yeah, it wasn't a stretchable premise at all. But, I, like, like I, I saw Highlander before I saw Highlander 2, but I did see it years later, because I think Highlander 2 came out, like, six years later. It wasn't, like, a real quick sequel. No, it was a long, yeah, it was a long time away. Yeah. Part 3, I, 3, I never finished. I saw and 3 in the theater. 4, I never watched. I kind of like 3, though, because it's so hokey. Mario Van Peebles playing that hokey bad guy. He's so bad, he's fucking funny. Isn't Edge in, like, part 4 or 5? Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's, like, in part four, the one that has the TV guy with Christopher Lambert. You know, I never watched the TV show. There were a couple TV shows, I remember. There's even the one with the girl. I watched the TV show a little, like, just a little bit, just every now and then I would catch it. It, it didn't seem like a bad show at first, but I think they eventually stretched it out too long. Yeah, it was back when there were syndicated shows. There ain't, there ain't no syndicated shows anymore. No, syndicated shows for the most part like were pretty good until they started getting really cheap. Yeah, I was always a big fan of well, other than Renegade VIP with Pamela Anderson. That was my favorite. That wasn't, but you know the last syndicated show that I thought wasn't bad, like wasn't too cheap, was Relic Hunter, which was a Tomb Raider Hunter ripoff. Oh yeah, with uh, Tia Carrere. Yeah, that wasn't that bad. That was a good show. No, those used to be good. I never got into Baywatch. I watch it. Like, I got a big crush on Pam Anderson. There's one summer I had my wisdom teeth pulled out, and all I could do was lay in bed. And we didn't have cable at the time. And, I, and Baywatch was only eight times a day, so I just saw Pam Anderson running in the bathing suit, like, nonstop. I always liked when they did the Baywatch nights where they were fighting vampires and mummies. I watched and, that for a little bit. It was pretty funny. I just like how David Asoff was like, you know, everybody wants to see this science fiction horror stuff. So we're going to do that, too, on the beach at night. Yeah, it was clearly a ripoff of the X-Files. I hated that show. The X-Files? Yeah. I like I liked the first season when it was just like a mystery of the week. After that, I really couldn't stand it. Nah, I, I tried to watch the movie with my friend. And I, I was just bored shitless. I started I, reading comic books. I think the second movie is actually better than the first movie. I think the girl's cute. Yeah, she she actually looks better now than she did then. I don't get that, but 
Aren't they making another movie or another TV show? They're making like, like a mini series, like six episodes, and then they're going to figure out if they can keep it going or whatever. They're doing Heroes, too, I saw. Yeah, that won't last long, though. Well, Heroes needed to end after the first season. Yeah, I, I watched the first season of that, and that was enough for me. Even the first season was very dragged. Spotty, out, so yeah. There's some good parts, but it's spotty. So Beverly Hills Cop ends after they shoot up the mansion. You have the old police, the super big police chief come in. And then you have the, 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 you know, the, the lesser police chief then tell the older police chief, like, no, these guys didn't cover the big heist. Because first they get all chewed out. And then he's like, no, no, they did good. So, so like, everybody just laughs and walks away after they shot up a mansion and all this shit happens. Brutally kill the guy without reading the Miranda act. Yeah, just nothing. Just everybody's dead. There's a pile of bodies. That's how all the, the old cop action movies ended, remember? Oh, all 80s movies. Yeah, it was just a shootout. Then the, they would all say goodbye, and that was it. Yeah, that's pretty much Usually this, a freeze frame, too. Yeah, this one's a little more extended, the goodbye, because, you know, they show him checking out his hotel, give him one last chance to pile around with Taggart and Rosewood. I think I think I would while my arm healed up. He, Eddie Murphy got shot in the arm. I would I would rest up a few days in Beverly Hills with with that woman. Let her take care of me at her apartment or whatever. Oh yeah, but they, I guess maybe it was because they were friends since they were kids. Yeah, that's what it was. There was no attraction on. I could overlook that. Yeah, I think there would have been some attraction growing as an adult. Oh, a freeze frame. Eddie yeah. Murphy jumping his eyebrows up. Axel Foley. I know. That that was a great... I know we didn't talk about it whatsoever, but that was a great movie. It is. It's uh, Comedies are always a little hard, but I yeah. felt that this was entertaining. Oh, more than entertaining. I come back to it all the time. And, and, and they, they commentary heard... seemed to be, is in terms of the podcast Nielsen ratings, Yeah, the commentary shows we do are always very, very high. Yeah, they they're, they're they're a little bit of a slow build, but they they you know they keep uh, they keep doing. That's the whole reason why we invented the nineteen eighties movie graveyard. Not only so we could sit down together, you know, give these films another look, reminisce, remember, whatever. But 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 we know that you know four years from now somebody's going to download this in the year what twenty nineteen. So if hey if you're listening to this right now in the year twenty nineteen, thank you. Didn't talk killer that that actually did really well i remember it actually did okay for only having what three episodes come out of it i listened to the first episode the other day actually when i was at work laughed my ass off the uh, above the law yeah why did we above cancel law, that show Cyborg, yeah. uh our, our the affiliate wasn't promoting it correctly oh yeah that's why <laughs> we had bad sponsorship on that yeah yes the the, sh- the the website that we did it for promoted a different show that wasn't ours <laughs> exactly I, I didn't really understand that you know hope, hopefully we'll uh we'll get a dollar shave club sponsorship going eventually. i'm looking for 69 cent tampons okay <laughs> that'd be a great sponsorship too maybe down the run down the road here after we um we uh, kind of establish ourselves here. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll re-upload the Talking Like a Killer episodes uh, for for the 1980s movie Graveyard fans so they could hear what it was. I still have all the master recordings. Yeah, same here. Although that the one had the edited and it finally got released uncut, if you remember, because oh, it yeah. took some heat about some discussion there. Yeah. People take things personally. 
Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's hard podcasting, you know. You, you you ruffle some feathers, and the thing is funny is I think every case we ever had of some ruffled feathers, we were actually talking about somebody else. Yeah, the the feathers we ruffled actually never had anything to do with that particular bird. Exactly. Now 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 birds would say, "Are you talking about me?" He's gonna say, "I have a question. Are you talking about me?" I like bird. Bird is my favorite one to record those shows with. Yeah, we'll have to get him on the 1980s movie graveyard. What's the next one gonna be? Well, you you had said making the grade, but I feel but but I feel like we just did a comedy, so maybe we should you know switch maybe. gears a little bit. How about something with Schwarzenegger? Yeah, straight up action film. Which one? Well, we talked about it a little bit already. How about we go Commando? We, well, I already am Commando right now, but uh, yes, and I, I do own that. Okay. Or we could cash in on the Genesis hype and do actually the most popular movie of the 80s, according to IMDb with The Terminator. Boy, you know, why don't we do that one first? Because I, I haven't watched that in a while. Terminator yeah. 1 is actually my favorite of the Terminator films. Oh, by far. It's the only one that's actually hard-ass and badass R rating. Even oh, yeah, even I mean, T2 like, lightened up quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Hands down, it did. Okay, so the you know the running time is over now of Beverly Hills Cop. We won't, we won't bore you. We actually let the fans sit here and listen when we decide what the next movie's going to be. So... We, Next time people hit their podcast feed, they can expect us to hear us talking about The Terminator, 1984, from James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Man, it's hard to believe James Cameron made that when you really look at what he went on to do. Yeah, all the selling out he would do later on. Now, he also did, he did Terminator 2 as well, didn't he? Right. He, actually, the only reason he made Terminator 2 is because his career went south when the abyss flopped and he needed a hit. You know, I never watched all of the Abyss. I was really bored by it. I watched it one time. It's actually really good, but it it's it, it doesn't seem like a um, what do you call it? It doesn't seem like a late eighties, early. I think it came out like nineteen ninety or something. It doesn't seem like a nineteen ninety movie. It seems like a long um, science fiction movie that would actually come out now or something. When there were so many of them, I remember there was Abyss, Deep Star 6, Leviathan. Yeah. There's probably even more than that. I, Deep Star 6 I liked, too. Yeah, and it, and it probably hurt, actually, the Abyss, too, that that it came out, like, last out of all those. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're going to think you're going to go see another underwater horror movie. and It wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know what it was. It was science fiction because they, 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 were, they were underground to do some, like, mining. They are going to drill into the the earth and get some shit out and then they find out there's some water tentacle aliens but they were good water tentacle aliens weren't they well they no they they were going to destroy mankind because they realized mankind was going to kill the earth so they gave the people ultimatum either you stop this shit or we're going to kill you because we don't want you to kill the earth you know what i mean yeah, it might like it could be the plot to Aquaman with Jason Mimosa. I'm sure it will be. Oh, I gotta say this. I gotta say something here. Did you do you read IMDb? Yeah, I do. Did you read the the, the, the Suicide Squad, the movie? I will honestly tell you, I already hate. I will say that I'd be right at home booking that face. They have a on screen therapist. 
Because yeah, the movie is going to be so dark. They want the cast to actually talk to the therapist so they don't take that darkness home with them. Now tell me, who does that? <laughs> not not Christopher Nolan, because remember the rumors was that the Joker was psychologically too dark for Heath Ledger. Yeah, you have to be real. Well, I guess you would have to be crazy to burn money the size of Stonehenge. Exactly. Uh, Suicide Squad's gonna stink. I'm sorry, it's gonna stink. It will stink, but that you know what—that's a discussion for another podcast. We're in the 1980s right here. Were there any Batman movies in the 80s? The Michael Keaton the one was first the 80s, one, wasn't it? No, 89, it 89 cousin. Yeah, so we can do that on this show. Mm, boy, can we do the Cannonball Run? Oh, that of course we can, one, isn't it? I think the first one was 70s, but I think part oh, two was like 80 or 81. Both good movies. Looks like Terminator's going to be up next, though. Yeah. I'll go ahead and sign off here because I don't want to, you know, we're actually going to, you know, plan out the future of the Fastfoot Radio Empire right now. And, and we don't we don't need everybody hearing all the behind the scenes plans or not. So we want to yeah, thank you. Next thing you know, there'll be another podcast out there with all those commentaries done. Exactly. And that's another thing, too. We said we're recording this a couple of days before. before the, this won't be coming out till August because I want to make sure I, I haven't talked to you about this, but I want to make sure we have a good amount of episodes in the can until, until we release this. Because if, if we just put one episode out there, then somebody's going to steal it and then they're going to put out 10 episodes in a day and claim that they came up with the concept. And I don't want yeah. that to happen. I want us to yeah. kind of, you know, stake our claim first. Yeah, we want to get a bunch of them done. Yeah. That's because when I'm looking at all you people that steal our ideas. There's a lot you know, of them stealing the ideas. There's a ton of them. Every, they all steal. And if you notice, I didn't do any shtick today. No, you were actually genuine and present. You, you, usually I hear you ruffling papers over there because you've got like about 30 or 40 jokes written down. And you just, you just like cram them into the show. But you didn't do that today. After listening to, I listened to some other podcasts this week. I'm not going to say who they are, but some of them have been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Still, it's the same shtick. Yeah. So, I I like to recycle shtick, but I just decided I'm going to just get away from any kind of shtick. Yeah, I mean, well, you know. And second of all, you know, shtick gets old, but shtick gets real old once everybody starts stealing your shtick and doing it on their shows, too. So, I know people are stealing my bits. Yeah, so I mean, we're starting fresh here. I, I think with the 1980s theme and the interests of the podcast listeners, uh, I think we're actually going to have a whole new audience here. So we we don't even really need to kind of bring our sh- our, our shtick baggage along with this show. I think we're starting over completely fresh and new in the 1980s with this, don't you? Oh, I think I think we're going to get a better crowd too than those d- d- degenerates that listen to the other stuff. Exactly. So anything we, if you're an old fan, a longtime supporter. I, I guess we'll tolerate you listening to this, but we really want them new fans, don't we? Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's out with the old and with the new. Exactly. The old fans didn't get us anywhere. Exactly. So we need a whole oh, new yeah. mainstream audience with this one. So, mm-hmm. Goat and Corey G signing off. Thank you for joining us on this. You know, you know, give us a couple episodes. We've got to get our sea legs underneath us. This is a brand new show. You know, we never quite did anything like this covering only 1980s movies. It's going to be a little bit of adjustment period. But uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the Beverly Hills Cop Talk. I hope you enjoyed the non-Beverly Hills Cop Talk, actually, too. So Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, most of it. So anyway, next time, 
bring your beer cans, bring your uh, VHS tapes, and we'll see you in the basement. Sparkling basi- water. Sparkling water. We'll see you in the basement next time. <laughs>